At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's Jose Galison. You're watching the No Way Jose Show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major odd pocketers, and Odyssey, and now Rumble as well. I just made a Rumble account because uh, if those who've been paying attention to my channel, I just got off of a strike for the most ridiculous of reasons. Uh, maybe we'll get into that later. Maybe we won't. Who cares? Uh, but yes, it's uh, very ridiculous. Definitely go check out my Rumble. Uh, I will probably not be posting much on this. I'm only doing this one just because of Four Pony Boys. Uh, but I'm kind of riding close to the sun, as you can tell with the guests here. But I'll probably be exclusively po uh, posting just a rumble for, I don't know, however long it takes so it's completely cool down to where there's no strikes. Uh, I'm able to post now. I'm demonetized, too, from this, which is ridiculous, for a minimum of three months, so there can't be any super chats. I'll try my best to keep track of the chat, but I guess we're doing communism today. You guys are all equal. I'll just try to look out of it. But with you guys all being equal, you're just all as insignificant because it's super hard to keep track of the chat. So that's where the why super chats come in handy because when there's a big chat, you know, I just see that that big bright little thing on my end. I go, oh, oh I'll bring that up. Uh, a lot harder to keep track of the chat now. So that's a that's a good way to kind of figure out what the hell communism is. But anyways, uh, before we get into it, I've got to do a little bit of my uh, got to pay the bills. Uh, I do want to let you guys know how this normally works. Uh, I mean, I'll probably have to figure out a new way to go around it. But this uh, maybe a Maybe do like a live stream to like Rumble private ones for my patrons because what I used to do is I would do a live stream to YouTube, uh, but I don't want to do that right now just because of the whole strike situation, at least till it cools off. Uh, but yes, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out for you guys. But generally speaking, if you're a patron, you usually roughly get my content about a week early, whether that's going to be a live stream or I'll be recording or whatever. We'll figure it out. I got to figure out the new uh, format for that. But you get the early content at patreon.com. It's Noah's 2020. Lowest levels, two bucks. Highest levels, 20. 20 is my sponsors. My sponsor are, is our Jeremy, who has an Etsy store, etsy.com slash shop slash raising liberty. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. My co-host of Tower Gang, Toad. You can follow him at Tower Gang Toad. I also have Zach. 
Mac Overacker at Z O V E R A C K on Twitter. I have Lindsay, who's that. Uh, actually, now she's Lindsay OKC. I about to almost gave you the old handle on TikTok. She does a lot of the OKC content, uh, which is great because I am not covering that sphere, and someone needs to. Because personally, I hate TikTok, but I'm glad she's doing it. Someone needs to reach those people. Uh, I also have Matt, who all he ever asked me to say was repping the 219, raise hell, praise Dale, and you know, whatever, I'm here for it. I got my buddy at AbrogateDs on Twitter, and then Kevin B. Clark, a new uh, a new sponsor. Uh, he's a full-time guitarist and private music teacher. I probably should have put what area he's in. That's unprofessional of me. I totally forgot to do that. But yeah, definitely go hunt him down. If you're looking for a guitarist for an event or a private music teacher, a complete piece of shit. I forgot to put where he's at, so you guys know if you're in that area. But yeah, it's Patreon.com's No Way Jose 2020. Uh, yeah, also, you know, get my, uh, get my merch at toplobster.com. He's one of the guests today. But today, we're doing Four Pony Boys, and I have some great guests for you today. Let's get, start getting some of the boys in. Got Top with me today. What's up, my bud? Yeah, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on again. Glad we're doing this shit. Let's do this. Hell yeah, dude. Uh... And then I got Reed, the the, the prodigal son. He's been he gone lives. for a while. What's up, my dude? The Industrial Revolution was a disaster for the human race. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, guys? I'm coming out of retirement for a little while to go on Jose's show to meet one of uh, one of the uh, biggest fans in the political world I have. Or, or I'm one of his biggest fans, I should say. So we'll Hell yeah. And, and here's your hero himself. Jake Angeli, the American shaman. What's up, my man? Glad to have you What's back. Uh, if you guys want to get a little bit of a backstory on the fella, obviously, you know, we all saw that uh, mi- that mythical event that happened a while ago. But we went a little bit more in his backstory on my show a while ago. So if you look at a few episodes back, I had him on. Today, we're just having a fun conversation. I When I, when I had Jake on, I realized... This dude is an interesting fella, has a lot of stuff to say, so we're just kind of, you know, seeing where the wind brings us today, you know, wherever it goes, we'll have fun with this. And I, when I had him on too, there was another individual who was like, you know what, I need to link this guy up and this other guy up. And you know what the perfect format with that for that to be? Before Pony Boys. And I think you guys will see in the course of this conversation, or if you saw our last conversation, exactly why you think this next person was just the guy to link up with him. And that is my good friend, Shane Cashman. What's up, my friend? Oh, yeah. What's good, guys? Happy to be here. One of my favorite shows, man. I love, it's yeah. like my fourth fourth or fifth time this year, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, originally the logic was like four pony boys. It's like me, Top, Reed, Clint. But it's like sometimes someone's not there. But it's like, you know what? You know, Shane's like an unofficial four, uh, uh, four pony boy at this yes. point. So it's almost like it makes sense because we have four pony boys plus our guest, Jake. So here we That's are. Awesome. Clint might join us later. Uh, he's yep. currently uh, trouncing the uh, Krasenstein brothers <laughs> with Dave Smith on uh, the Redhead Libertarians channel. Uh, yep. Yeah. Hell yeah, brothers. Uh, Incredible. Fuck yeah. Thanks you guys ready to get into it? Oh. Yeah, dude. I am yeah. stoked. Uh, all right. Let's, 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 let's get into it. Let's, let's get, first off, I think the first thing I want to talk about is my mind lately. Aliens. What are y'all's <laughs> thoughts? No, for real. I know, like, it's been like, it's been this thing where like... It, I always thought they were aliens, and then this whole shit recently with the, the whistleblower came out, and I, then I mean, like, no, there's no aliens. I mean, there are, but they're not those aliens. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of my vibe. But, and I kind of just, like, ignored it, but I swear, like, all my normie friends are talking about it and shit, so I'm like, you know what? F- fine. Whatever. F- so I'll, I'll talk we about should... It. We should ask Jake. Jake uh, Phoenix, yeah. or like out in Arizona, wherever wherever you are, I think is uh, known for the crazy UFO lights and a lot of stuff in the desert. Do you oh, believe you in aliens? 
I thought you were gonna say because it's a border well, town. Here's the thing. Because, <laughs> it's very funny. I'm not as smart uh, as you. Fuck. <laughs> Um, I, um, being a practitioner of shamanism, this happens to be a speciality of mine. So let's start with the idea that what we are thinking of as aliens, little green men from Zeta Reticuli are actually, um, interdimensional beings. Okay. There are layers of dimensions that are stacked on top of one another. And these yeah. entities exist in one of these dimensions that are layered on top of our own. And they are able to interact with our dimension just like we're able to interact with theirs. However, most of humanity is not conscious enough of these other dimensions to interact with them consciously. This is part of the role of the shaman is interacting with these other dimensions or the spirit world and to do so consciously in a way that allows the shamanic practitioner to be a medium uh, for the spirit world and the physical world and where those two things mesh. So, I mean, I could get into the physics behind extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings. Um, it would take a little bit of explaining. I don't want to hold the mic too much, so I'm just going to leave it there. If you guys want me to go more no, into it, I, I, I think I think Jake needs to go yes. pretty hard on this topic. <laughs> I'm going to uh, let you go. But but, but before, before you get into the physics of it, which is fascinating, can you have you interacted with them? Before you go, I want to say. Oh, I've, I've, I've definitely... <laughs> I've had my interaction with entities uh, in the spirit world all my life. Which which kind? Both, positive and negative. Interesting. What do they What do they do? How, in what ways are, are they positive and negative? What do they do to you? Okay, so look at it like this: um, negative are entities from the uh, infrared portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. So look at it. This is the best way I can put it. Human beings only perceive less than 1% of the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to think about something for a second. Every single place on this planet that science has said life could not possibly exist, there is life. All the way down at the bottom of the ocean where they said that it was way too much pressure, it was far too cold or far too hot near the volcanic vents, there's no way life could be down there. We take a submersible down there and lo and behold, there's little fish and crabs and all sorts of stuff down there mm -hmm. at the bottom of the ocean. Um, yep. Another example would be uh, microbiological life. Uh, for the longest time, it was not believed that that was a reality. Um, Lawrence yep. Nightingale was trying to get surgeons to wash their hands during wartime because of this idea of infection and germs and all that. And these people are just like sawing people's legs off and sewing people up with dirty hands and they're getting infection and dying. Lo and behold, we find out microbiological life is a reality. Um, and then if you even go beyond that level, all the way down to like near a quantum level, there's these tardigrades, these little indestructible microbiological microscopic organisms that are able to survive the vacuum of space. They're able to survive being on an incoming comet or an asteroid, and then they can replicate. So life is everywhere within this little less than 1% of the light spectrum or the electromagnetic spectrum we perceive with our five senses. So why would life not be everywhere else in the other 99.9%? Right. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about here is entities, conscious beings that exist in the other portions of the light spectrum that we do not perceive. Now, as you open your third eye or your pineal gland, you begin to uh, perceive these other dimensions, these other frequencies of electromagnetic activity. So this is why the powers that be choose to place fluoride in the water because they wish to close up our pineal glands so that we don't Calcify. perceive the spirit world. 
No, no, it's fluoridate. It looks like calcium, uh, like a calcium on a water faucet, but it is fluoridation of the pineal gland. It is a, it is a uh, crystallization of fluoride on the pineal gland. Now, what's supposed to happen with the pineal gland is that when it opens, it opens like a pine cone. It's a pine cone shaped gland and it opens. And when it opens, it begins to grow and you get to perceive more of these dimensions of electromagnetic activity and light. So by creating this fluoridation, they are keeping it sealed and they're keeping it sealed shut chemically. Now, when we get into like extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings and stuff like that, the low frequency or the bad side what we have for a long time called demonic entities these entities are existing on the uh infrared portion of the electromagnetic spectrum the low frequency portion and then the high frequency entities the high frequency beings are existing in the ultraviolet portion of the electromagnetic spectrum the high frequency of electromagnetic activity and all of these electromagnetic frequencies and uh um are, are layered in our world and our aura, our electromagnetic field interacts with all of these dimensions that are around us all the time. We just don't normally perceive with our five senses. Now, are you guys familiar with Dr. Stephen Greer and the CE5 uh, experiences that he does? I know the name, but I, I don't know the uh, experiments now. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, he's been a big proponent of like um, disclosure. He created what's called the Disclosure Project, where he got a bunch of intelligence agents and former military to come forward and give their testimony about seeing UFOs or UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh, yeah. And he did like a press conference like 10, 20 years ago. And it was a drop in the bucket, bro. It really, the, the media <laughs> didn't really cover it. They didn't really yep. get any, gain any traction. But what he does is with these CE5, Close Encounter of the Fifth Kind, what he does with these CE5 experiences is he goes to the top of mountains and then he does a, a mantra, an ancient mantra that is designed to invoke these positive entities to come from these higher dimensions and into our own. And then he does this for like an hour with a group of people. And then they look up in the sky and they see these lights coming down into our atmosphere. And they're like moving around in ways that the G-force is impossible. And what he'll do is he'll take one of those industrial lasers you have like from rock concerts and he'll shine it on these things up in the atmosphere as a way of saying, hi, we see you. And then they'll like shine bright lights down back at them. Like, yes, we see you too. Yes, we're communicating with you interdimensionally. Now, I'm sure. Have you guys seen the movie um, Ant-Man? Yeah, one. Not the not the latest <laughs> one though. Yeah. Okay, but the first one, right? Where where, mm -hmm. where he wears the earpiece and he's able to communicate with the ants using electromagnetic signals from his mind and body to communicate with the ants, right? So he's not going up to the ants and speaking English because that's not how they communicate. So you have to learn how to communicate with the ants based on the way that they communicate with each other. And that way is through electromagnetic activity. Now, our brains are like in a, uh, an electromagnetic transmitter receiver. And so these entities, these interdimensional beings are communicating with us in a way that we understand. It's like we're the ants and they're the humans hmm. and they're so advanced not just so much technologically, but consciousness wise, that they are able to communicate with the electromagnetic stream of thoughts that we call thinking or, or thoughts and mm. to communicate with us directly. Now, not everybody's ready for that. And that's part of what the role of the shaman is, is it's a, pe a person that's ready for that level of communication and then able to bring these messages to the tribe. 
right, yo, I got I got some questions. So, because <laughs> I love this topic, when you're talking about Greer on top of a mountain doing the uh, the ritual to open the portal, it sounds like is that like a mystery college? Do you know about those? Yeah, Where mystery would, school. Uh, yeah. yeah, real quick, Shane, do you, do you have a notepad? Are you taking notes over? There? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I should have bought my notepad. You know, so, I, it's interesting because I was just looking into Jacob's ladder. He lays his head on a rock, goes oh, asleep, and then angels. Yeah, he sees angels coming uh, down this staircase and up the staircase. Yeah. So it's it, there is something like. Do you do you think? I, I don't want to derail you. Go ahead, keep going, man. No, that we got to go to that too. Though. There's so much to happen. But oh, can you they, explain they explain mystery? They can you explain um, what a mystery college is? Because it sounds like what Greer's doing on the mountains a mystery college. Well, and that's kind of what my website, Forbidden Truth Academy, is all about, is creating a new form of a mystery school or a mystery college. So look at it like this. The, there is a massive cloud of information. Quantum physicists call it non-local consciousness. And it's basically this notion that the human mind and body is like an antenna or a computer that is processing this signal of self-awareness and consciousness that is embedded in the very fabric of space-time itself, okay? And the information that is transmitted from non-local consciousness to our mind and to our body and then back to non-local consciousness is in a constant feedback loop. It goes all the way down to a DNA level, right? And the more your DNA and these antenna on your DNA that are responsible for sending light and information, the more of those get activated, the more information you can process in your electromagnetic field, in your brain, all the way down to a DNA level. And then your DNA begins to evolve, right? So these ancient mystery schools or mystery colleges were designed to open people up to that higher level of education where they're able to send and receive more light and information with God or with the great spirit, source, Brahma, Nirvana, non-local consciousness. There's all sorts of names for it. And so the idea here is, is that there is a specific ceremonial formula, kind of like grade school, that you can go to where you start off with one plus one equals two, then you move on to two plus two equals four, then you get into addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, then you get into algebra, then you get into geometry, then you get into calculus, right? So it's like that, except for with spiritual knowledge and the uh, ascension process, which is the activation of all these antenna on the DNA so that we can literally ascend. And they have record of this in Tibet, and it's called achieving what they call rainbow body. And it's basically this idea that like when you achieve this really high level of consciousness, and this is where we'll get into Jacob's ladder, there are multiple chakras that go beyond the physical body they go beyond the head and into we only have the seven ether. right right now no 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 we have like like 33 or 36 okay 33. but interesting yeah yeah so the idea is you only have seven in your body but you also have like a bunch smaller ones they're called acupuncture points or dantians throughout the body that are like these smaller distillations of energy being cycled through the body okay so once you've harmonized all of your seven chakras and then you've basically charged your your energy body to a level of heightened uh, awareness and frequency then what ends up happening is you end up activating these chakras that are above the body and when you activate these chakras that are above the body this is the jacob's ladder into what i call it the jacob's ladder into these higher dimensions where you can commune with angels and you can actually interact with the spirit world consciously so it, it, the mystery schools were about 
teaching that formula. Now, the thing is about the mystery schools, though, is that they split into two factions. Okay, mm -hmm. you have one faction that is based on this, what you know, like the raw law of one, um, everything's interconnected, one spiritual unified field notion where you basically dissolve the ego and you immerse yourself into the ocean of consciousness and creation and you lose this um, egoic attachment to physical reality and you sort of blend in with the heavenly realms and in this way you ascend. Right. And in these ancient mystery schools, there was usually like ordeals that you would have to go through large amounts of fasting, long periods of sexual abstinence. Um, they would also do things like uh, massive and heavy doses of psychoactive plants like mushrooms or ayahuasca and cannabis and stuff like that to attain these higher levels of consciousness and basically go on spiritual journeys. And a lot of the time they do these things at like the pyramids or the obelisks or in these temples that are like these echo chambers, these sound chambers that are built on electromagnetic ley lines so that they can like channel up into the stars. That's why the uh, the pyramid in Giza, the pyramids in Giza are aligned with the Orion's belt because they would go into like the king's chamber, which is not a sarcophagus. It is a chamber that is designed to channel the harmonic frequency in the pyramid itself to help people to ascend and to commune with the uh, Orion Nebula and download star knowledge from that high frequency dimension down into the planet into the consciousness of the person sitting in the king's chamber. So, and a lot of I've heard I heard from somebody who says that they were in MK Ultra that there there are certain frequencies that they could use and sing to open up like uh, like let's say portals, just like earthly portals to go from one spot to another. This is a this is a theory that I'm kind of upset because apparently everybody else knows about it. But I was telling Jose months ago my theory about frequency and music, and you're talking about like on the like the ultraviolet spectrum. If you if you have something called synesthesia where you're seeing you like you associate colors to pitch. I feel like there's a, a huge correlation there. And as far as vibration and frequency goes, it's like dead on. And uh, But you're, you're obviously getting in, so there's way more to it than just like, I, I'm looking at it as more of like a pleasurable listener or a musician playing this stuff. There's a lot more like occult knowledge that, that is underneath this stuff. Yes. So you talk about synesthesia, seeing sounds, right? Mm -hmm. So at that point, what has happened is that the two portions of the brain that perceive light and, and like through the eyes and, and light through sound or frequency through sound, they mesh together. And now you're able to perceive these dimensions as they layer on top of one another, not as separate, right? So in shamanism, part of shamanism, like uh, especially like in like the Mongolian or Siberian tradition, as well as the Nordic tradition, there's the that mm -hmm. that Mongolian throat singing. It's about channeling vibrations that echo out of the body to create massive ripples that channel through the ecosystem at a high frequency vibration. And they ward off evil spirits and they cleanse the ecosystem through vibration. Now, when you do that inside of your body, a number of things happen. The, um, the gray matter in the brain is massaged and you end up creating more neural connectivity, which allows you to download and process more information. It expands the consciousness field. It, it, it vibrates the DNA on like a DNA level to where you activate more of these antenna on the DNA. And so 
all of this stuff is, yes, it's intertwined and interlinked. And so when they're in the king's chamber and they have massive amounts of psychoactive plant, uh, like psilocybin, for example, running through their system, and they're singing this mantra and this song, and they're in this vibratory chamber of the pyramid, and they're doing it during a certain star alignment day where the, the stars are right over the pyramids, they're basically walking through these interdimensional windows, and they're ascending to these higher levels of uh, consciousness where more information is being channeled through their mind and through their bodies now do the you, other side oh go ahead no i was gonna do you think like some like psilocybin um do you think it's more of like a is, is it a steroid or is it something that just removes the veil like is it is it making you stronger or is it making the shit around you weaker for you to pass through well, psilocybin is not a steroid. It's what is called a nootropic, which basically means that it cre it does neurogenesis or it creates new neurons in the brain. Mm -hmm. And it also unites all of the, um, the neurons in the brain to create a massive amount of interconnectivity in the brain that allows the brain to process more information. Now, the thing is, is that when it comes to hallucinations, quote unquote, when especially with things like psilocybin or peyote or ayahuasca, is that you are it's not so much that you're seeing something that isn't there what it is is that there's all this information all this electromagnetic information that your brain filters out because it's not essential for survival but what these things do based on the amount that you've taken and the level of intensity that you dissolve these barriers it allows that information to come in and this is why it is like when uh, indigenous tribes are doing peyote or ayahuasca or mushrooms together, they all see the same hallucinations yeah. because they're essentially tapping into this higher dimensional manifold that is tapped into our dimension. And we just don't normally perceive it with our five senses. I, I do. I do want to say, though, I like for me, I can understand this somewhat from a non you know, kind of woo, because I can like if you've ever tripped super hard on psilocybin or even something like weed, like I've always called it like I don't know if there's an actual term for it, but you always call it the woo woos. Like if you get insanely high, like weed, like you have to be very high to get there. But you get to this point where you hear like, wah, 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 like you almost yeah, hear yeah. the like pounding. And if you were to and it's weird, it's almost like when you're in that moment and there's a similar thing that kind of goes on with psilocybin, a similar feeling. And it's almost if you just embrace that feeling, like when a lot of times when you're in weed, you almost feel scared or like freaked out by the feeling. But if you just get comfortable with it and embrace it, it is like it kind of almost open up, opens up new pathways of thinking in a certain way. Oh, for and sure. I think the same thing is similar with psilocybin. So I can actually understand this, even if for people who don't want to go full woo woo, you can understand this from a purely biological perspective and like kind of just how your brain works that you, it really there there is something to that like i've had some of the most deepest thoughts on psilocybin or even in the deepest parts of like yeah. being really high on weed you know I, I had like 10 years of doing shrooms and acid and then lots of that other drugs like drinking robitussin because i couldn't get shrooms but like <laughs> um no one told me in my little shitty town on the river that you, you don't have to take a full eighth of mushrooms Right. I, I just did the whole eighth every time for a long time. Oh, that's a good thing, Jake. <laughs> that's a good no, thing. Jake, my my brain, my feeble little human brain couldn't take it. Those first like six or seven trips on a full eighth, I would get what I think I, some people call that fear where, you know, there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. And then like 30 minutes into the trip, I would start sweating and pass out every time with different groups of people would always say you passed out and you woke up speaking an upside down language. And I would just Whoa. be taught and I was and I was seeing upside down. I remember streetlights upside down. I remember buildings upside down. 
and it would wear off. I would, I would not sweat anymore and have a great trip. But those first like seven or so times I was, I don't know where I went, but I came back talking a different language and like different oh, people dude, from different groups said that. I personally think the heavier doses are better. Um, <laughs> I've sure. done nine grams, dude. I've done nine grams. Oh, and dude, it was fucking awesome. You know, I had to, I was laying in my bed and I had earplugs in and I had my eyes closed and I had to remind myself that I was a human being laying in a bed on yeah. planet earth, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, but once I did that and I opened my eyes and looked around like, I'm okay. All right, going back in, you know, and then, wow. and this is, this is why in shamanism, a lot of the time what they'll do, especially with like the real veteran shaman, and you'll see these things in Peru where they build like these little mud huts out of like stone and mud and then they'll have like a little doggy door size hole in it that they cover with a cloth and they'll go inside these things cover it up and then they'll trip in there for like 10 hours Jeez. and it's like a sensory deprivation chamber and it's because mm. they're going into this ether they're going into these other dimensions of reality and they don't want to be subject to having to worry about survival is a puma coming out of the you know or a, a jaguar coming out of the jungle you know what yeah. i mean is there a snake crawling underneath my legs so they create this safe space for themselves so they can go into these other dimensions it sounds yeah. to me like you know maybe you were in the wrong environment Yo, or yes like, yeah. So the it's thing exactly is it. about the thing is about mushrooms. So, well, this is the thing about all shamanism and all plants, whether they be psychoactive or healing plants in shamanism, they believe that these plants have a spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a plant spirit that you can commune with and converse with. And in the process, you can gain knowledge that goes beyond words. Okay, mm. that's why like they communicate through symbols or sounds or frequencies or colors, etc. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is that each of these plants has a spirit. And if you commune with that spirit and you pray over the plants before you take them, you take them in the right set and setting and you do it for the right reasons, then these doors open up for you. But if you're doing it at like a rock concert or going to the club or going to watch a movie or you get behind the wheel of a car, it's almost like the mushroom is, is if you're eating, if, the, if you're taking a mushroom, the mushroom is also taking a human. Mm. Okay, so it's like a meshing of these two fields of consciousness yeah. And so the best way to do mushrooms is in the environment that they grow in and mushrooms grow in silence, in darkness, and in a temperature of anywhere from 70 to 80 degrees. So you need to create those conditions for the mushroom and then you will grow along with the mushroom. It's like the mushroom's Man. like, oh yeah, I can and get in the wilderness too. And in the wilderness too. I feel like I'm in therapy right now. Because like great. you totally, you totally unlock something. Because I think my problem was those first few times on on the eighth was I was, I was like crushed by modernity. I remember the yeah. first time I passed out, I was looking at a at an excavated piece of land that they were about to build something on. And I remember my brain being like, "Don't build there. Just leave <laughs> the fucking nature. Like why?" And I and my brain like went over some cliff, and I didn't. And I came back a long time later. Sh but Shane, then, like, how, old the last times, how old were you? How old were you? I started. I started taking shrooms when I was like 16. 
Were you in a yeah, spot in yeah. your life where you felt secure, like it felt mature, felt like I'm assuming no. not? Because as you were I'm thinking still about not it, there. and some of the yeah. stuff you said, I feel like <laughs> it's something it's like a, a lot of the stuff is a reflection of your being. And so I yeah. think, you know, it was kind of like I was talking about the woo woos. And like if you are in this spot yeah. where like you're scared and you, you're like you're, you're in the woo 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 and you're just like kind of like I don't like this and freaked out that paranoid yeah. feeling, yeah. I think like. In a certain way, that's almost like a lesson, like you're kind of working through stuff. But in another sense, it's also like you you need to learn to just embrace and be comfortable gotcha. and be secure in yourself. Yeah. And I think there's something to that. I think that's like, you know, a lot of that speaks to like now I could probably get, as an older person. I mean, I still will have my moments probably, but I could probably get blasted and not be like freaked out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause I'm just like, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. Right. I'm, I'm around my family. I'm loved. I'm whatever. But like. Yeah. You know, I'm in a spot in my life where it's different. But when I was like 15, 16, 17, 18, I was very like, I was in the spot of transitioning from a boy to a man. I didn't know what I was yep. like, you yep. know, like there's a lot going on. Like, what am I going to do yeah. with my life? And yep. it's, you know, I mean, it's not even to say that necessarily like, I, you know, it's a bad thing. I, also, I think it's a lesson too, but I don't, I don't know if I could do it now, honestly, because I think I was just born so paranoid that the drugs turned me into like the most mutant paranoid person ever so like even now if i take it i would i think i would just worry about like my kids and like my security and like all this shit and start flipping out but uh, i've taken shrooms to a, on a lesser dose i remember uh i took a long walk like jake is saying into nature and it was as uh spring was or, or winter was thawing and i could hear the water rushing underneath me i felt like it was like in my veins and then i walked like three miles and then i wound up in a in a like a generic kennedy fried chicken place and it's a thousand year old Indian man. I thought he was God. And I just told him, I was like, I've met God now. And I ordered yeah. some popcorn shrimp and it was dope. My first experience, <laughs> I was, we went, my buddy got like his brother was a whitewater rafter, like instructor. So we went there and then we met up some of the instructors and obviously all they did, all they did was burn, uh, burn trees and, and do shrooms. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. what do you expect from whitewater rafter instructors? <laughs> right. But yeah, they sold it to me, uh, sold me some. And I, the first half of the trip, like we were still kind of in the country. I was in some dude's house, but it was like kind of in the, you know, in the sticks. And I remember like we were kind of at their place. I was watching them play video games, like old school video games, like N64, things that, you know, evoke feelings of nostalgia. Like, and then mm -hmm. also like we, he had uh, comic books and I was remember flicking through them and seeing like the beautiful pictures and being so vivid. And then halfway, probably about halfway through my trip, they decided, all the, you know, most of the guys there weren't tripping and they decided, oh, we're going to go to a party. And they're like, hey, you, you, you know, probably don't want to just leave you here do you want to come with us and i was like i mean me tripping hard just kind of like okay and you know and then it, it changed and it kind of went to a little bit of a dark place because i was in this partying degeneracy which i mean whatever there's a place and time for that that's fun but like yeah. when you're in this like you know setting of like you know kind of exploring your mind and then you're going to this like essentially you know spot of degeneracy it's kind of like I, you know, you don't like it. Like it's like I had a lot going on. And the second time, like it was just me and my best friend. So the first time was like a mixed bag. And the second time was me and my best friend at, at his house with his mother, who was almost like she was in the house, like so around. So like, and she was almost like a second mother. So it was like I was in a you know great setting, and he lived in the sticks. And we did it, and we just kind of went and walked around in the woods around his house, and it was like probably one of the most beautiful experiences ever. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever really fucked with shrooms much after that. I feel like there's one or two experiences that I'm not remembering, hey, but yeah, that's Jake, basically the extent of my shrooms. And it's like, that is, gotta, there is, it's definitely the set and setting. There's a lot to it. I got Absolutely. a question for you because it's like, so you're doing, I, I'm, I haven't done shrooms, but you're doing them for a purpose, probably to communicate or, or at least to send or 
or see more, right? It, would that be safe to say? Yeah, I do them for some, I've, or should I say, I've done them for shamanic purposes. <laughs> I don't have any now that would be a violation of my probation. You know what I mean? But in the past, <laughs> yes, I have, um, I have done it. But purely. they don't test for psilocybin. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking any fucking chances. Um, I don't want to go back to prison, dude. Yeah, I No, no seven panel drug screen test for psilocybin. Yeah. Just saying. So, so when, you um, did, when you did this stuff, the reason you were doing it is specifically to communicate or what was what's what is the shamanic purpose what is, what do you mean by that well there's a couple so like in in the amazon like with ayahuasca for example the ayahuascaro which is what they call the ayahuasca uh, shaman ayahuascaro the ayahuascaro will take a lower dose of the ayahuasca and give people a lower dose of ayahuasca so they can help them to heal right but then when it comes to the shaman themselves, the ayahuasca themselves doing it on their own, they take heavy doses and they do it to explore the ether, to gain knowledge, to commune with, you know, God or angels, etc. That's what and, I want. That's where I want to interject here. Okay. Um, so one of one of the concerns that I would have is like, at least for you, um, are you concerned about which angels you're communicating with or which being because it could be anything from fallen angels, which we're calling demons now. I mean, if you read in the book of Enoch, these are fallen angels, and and that's a book that's kind of inspired by them. So, like when when I when I read it, it's like I don't know how much is true, and there's a lot of angel glorification. You know what I mean? Or or, or regular angels, like you know, high high vibrational angels, or like old gods, or what you know how do you know what you're talking to are you sure or is this something that you don't really worry about well you, you know it says in the bible test the spirits you know you don't just let whatever in but part of what you got to understand is that yeah it's it's the best way i can describe it is it's similar to walking in the wilderness right you except it's of the mind or the dimensions right you could walk in the wilderness for miles and miles and miles and never see another animal and it's just you and the trees and it's beautiful and you hear the birds and you know that's all fine well and good but then again you could also walk two miles into the forest and you run into a bear and it mauls your ass you know what i'm saying so you got what you got to understand is that like what we're talking about is the other dimensions and the other dimensions are kind of like the natural world. They're filled with benevolent and malevolent and just neutral entities. Now, when you go hunting for deer, for example, well, a lot of the time what you'll do is you'll take like deer urine and you'll put it in the area and then the buck smells that urine and comes and he wants to fight, you know, and then you shoot the deer and then you don't have to travel so far, right? So look at it like this. And this actually comes back into the other side of the mystery school thing that I wanted to get into. When you're in these states of consciousness, especially depending on the location, you know, if it's a sacred site or a pyramid or something like that, then the whole idea is that you invoke the entity or the angel or whatever it is that you wish to commune with. And then when you're done communion, you evoke them or you send them back where they came and you basically say thank you for your presence, right? You will usually be able to tell what entity you're dealing with based on the vibrations that you feel, you see? So like if you're invoking the Archangel Machiel, for example, Michael, 
then you will feel strength. You will feel power. You will feel love. You will feel peace. You will feel joy, right? You're going to feel these emotions. You will feel them intensely, but you will still feel them, right? Now, the other side of the mystery, so that's one side of the mystery school is understanding all this stuff about the high frequencies and how to battle the low frequencies and kick them out of your space, right? Now, the other side is it, of it is, is the temple of Set, which Set is the, uh, the uh, ancient Egyptian version of Satan, right? Mm -hmm. It's this Set worship, which is actually death worship. It's a death cult. And this is where you get into the sacrificing of animals or of children or of human beings. Malachian they, stuff. What's that? Malachian stuff. Malachian? Yeah, Moloch. Like Moloch. Oh, Moloch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. So what is calling these entities is this low frequency vibration, what has been referred to as louche, right? It's like spreading the fucking uh, deer piss in the area to invite these entities, except it's done with pain, suffering, fear, adrenaline, human blood, etc. And it draws these lower form entities to that location, and then they commune with these lower dimensional entities, right? So that's the other side of the ancient mystery schools, the dual factions. You have the life magic or white magic, light magic, that is based on becoming a temple of knowledge and understanding and love and, and bliss and basically being a temple for this unified field of consciousness. And so that, that would be kind of like that would be kind of like with my uh, my whole shrooms exp like experience at some, but that'd be kind of like the second half with the degeneracy if I actually just embraced it as opposed to being in this space of I don't like this, I'm going to fight this feeling, kind of battle my demons internally. Uh, you know, it's you're kind of expressing that this is the in, in a certain sense you're you're embracing that 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 side that that low frequency energy. Well, so, yeah, you, so, yes, that that what you, is what the other side. Uh, one one second, top. Mm -hmm. That is what the other mystery school is about: is embracing the low frequency side, communicating with the entities in the um um in the uh what's it uh, the infrared portion of the spectrum inviting them not just into the world but into your bodies you see and this is where you get into the higher levels of the priestcraft within these lower dimensions of uh, death magic or black magic is that you end up becoming demonically possessed and you allow these entities to take over your body and then you become a vehicle for them to absorb the louche, to create the louche and absorb it. And this is why a lot of these black magicians and these uh, Satanists and Luciferians are pedophiles and drinking children's blood and doing the whole adrenochrome thing because the adrenochrome is the psychoactive substance they choose to use instead of the psychoactive plants to journey into these other dimensions. But they're doing it from like a vampiric sense where they're treating humans human beings like their batteries oh yeah top what's your right, question? let me oh, let me know. real quick i want to check in with reed was this at all oh, what yeah. you were expecting no I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to add but uh this is completely out of my wheelhouse so no not at all <laughs> we went off the rails but, but i was gonna ask what do you think would have happened this is a uh, january 6 2021 you're there with some of your strongest shamans and you do some heroic doses in that spot. What does that look like? What do you think? No. Pass. <laughs> Thank you, but no. I'm just you know saying, what's like, funny, though? You know what's funny, though? Is Tucker Carlson, two days in a row, 
Uh, and on uh, July 21st and July 22nd of 2022 said that I was on mushrooms in the Capitol. Not true. Never <laughs> oh, happened. Wow. It just seems like Never it seems like happened. it's like a bear trap. But like, do you think do you think that there's that there are like places on this earth? Because that seems like a cursed place. Washington, D.C. Like I wouldn't when I drive through it, I get the I get goosebumps because it just has bad energy to it a lot yeah of that's the, to the to, to bring it back it to the was, talking about it that, was that, that is peak, like that. <laughs> that's peak degeneracy so if you are in that that space yeah. that would be like you know how i was kind of expressing but, i was essentially internally battling my demons when i was in that setting like that would be you're to a point where you almost are like you're a spot where you probably could you'd, you'd struggle to win like you're you're you may just dive very full into that malachian type mentality here's the question though mm -hmm. is it it, like so in 1776 when i or no i mean i guess they did that in like 1800s when they decided to put the white house over there in virginia did they is there some kind of like dark energy about this specific location that's why they built it or do you think that they made this place dark can it be made light, light. again yes yeah so what we're talking about here the reason why they've moved the capital to dc is because they found the ley lines that were in that area and found that spot i mean dc was originally a swamp and then they transformed it, it in yeah oh, i know now it is, still is i know right but and which is really <laughs> ironic when you think about it it's really ironic that it started out as a swamp and now it's become a swamp of corruption and degeneracy but the point is, is that they found the place where the ley lines were, and then they built on top of that. Now, one of the things that I want you to try and keep in mind, okay, the Vatican is built on ley lines. The London Palace is built on ley lines. All of the capitals in all of the states across the United States are built on ley lines, okay? So why is that? And it's because these centers of electromagnetic activity, regardless of whether or not there's something built there or not, it affects our minds, it affects our emotions, and therefore it affects our behavior. It affects our collective consciousness because we are electromagnetic beings. We are beings of frequency. So they built on top of these ley lines and they built buildings of power. And these buildings of power are where people conjugate and they do what? They do rituals. We call it voting on bills, okay? But these are rituals, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. there's a very specific way that the energy moves around the room, who's allowed to speak, how long they're allowed to speak, et cetera, et cetera, right? So they're doing rituals. And then these rituals end up affecting us and our behavior based on how that affects our thoughts and our emotions how those things affect our behavior where we can buy things where we can sell things what we can buy what we can't buy what we can sell what we can't sell etc so these buildings of power are built on the ley lines to basically control the minds and the bodies of the people now if we look at washington dc and the way that these buildings are built out the it actually is a upside down star built inside of a box or a cube that actually is a part of a much larger pyramid structure and then the eye where the eye of the pyramid the top of the triangle that's where the masonic lodge is in dc and so what we're talking about here is this ancient knowledge from these mystery schools the secret societies are distillations from the ancient mystery schools that have been passing on this knowledge but what ended up happening is that the mystery schools were infiltrated by this larger Saturnian, Saturn, or Satan, these larger satanic Luciferian orders that were essentially trying to take over the planet and destroy humanity like they have been for millennia, all the way back to the time of Enoch. 
okay? And even before him. So what we're talking about here is if you look at Washington, D.C. and all of these buildings as if they are built on these electromagnetic portals and, and the building itself, if you envision like an upside down pentagram or a satanic star built on all mm -hmm. these locations, sucking the Earth's energy and life force and souls into it and affecting everybody's life, enslaving everybody to this low frequency system. That's what we're talking about. And it's going on in the London Palace. It's going on in the Vatican. It's going on in Washington, D.C. It's going on in capitals, not just all over the United States, but all over the world. Yeah. Do you, Jake, do you think that um, a consequence of every society is to eventually fall into this like satanic place that we're in, like we're in now or like other cultures have been before where human sacrifice is always happening? Like, do you have any idea like why that might always be happening? It Ooh, seems I have to be the way, at least. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear a top theory and then I'll give you mine. My yeah, theory comes same. from, damn, I forget the guy's name, but uh, it's like someone playing music, like weird clown music. <laughs> no, that's that's my clock. It's a yeah. clock. Okay, I was like, this is so freaky. <laughs> I thought I was yeah, on sorry, mushrooms. Jose. <laughs> Jose, this is my show now. This is a Top Lobster <laughs> show. Everybody welcome. Settle down. Fucking... I do got to say, I love that I'm like the, the bridge between like the Reed mentality and the other three mentality. <laughs> like, like I, I like to, I, I, I love this type of shit. I, I'll be honest, I don't like completely buy it, but I do, I like it and I take, you know, things from it. And I go, huh, that's interesting. And incorporate my thinking. It's like a lot of it, I think, yeah. sometimes I think sometimes these are metaphors or they're literal or, or it's like, like there's depending on how you perceive it there's almost a it's kind of like i, I know when i went on a deep dive on uh, uh alistair crowley that was like a big thing about him and obviously he would be the low frequency shit but a lot of the ideas of like the magic is just kind of the idea of like you're essentially ma yeah. manifesting an idea and if you just believe it enough like essentially perceptions reality and that's Look, kind I, of like what's occurring jose Jose, first, I don't want to take away from, from Tops and Jake's uh, answer to that question, but uh, even if you don't believe in this stuff, there's evil people in charge who are mm -hmm. into this stuff as well. And, and like the flip side of yep. what Jake's talking about, you know, so exactly. it's like they're, they're manifesting something dark. And I believe that human sacrifice is happening it's, today and it's always been happening, you know, so yeah. it's you don't have to believe in it all you know, in ley lines and all this stuff. But well, there's something there's some evil like blueprint that's been laid on top of us. What's happening to yes. Jose right now is is like like you'll understand from the political I like when, when we talk about politics, the left has been fighting a, a war against I mean just pretty much anybody normal for the last probably hundred years. And the right has just started fighting back six years ago. That's what's happening. But this has been going yes on no. for a thousand. Yes and no. I just want to throw out John Brown. John Brown, the abolitionist, pro-life. He was a Christian. He fought against, you know, a lot of evil shit. And I think if he was alive today, would be doing some pretty crazy shit to Planned Parenthoods. But that, but yeah, overall, yeah. you're right. Like totally. What I, I mean I, is like, I, like the culture, like the pe the people in general. I feel like yeah. like the conservative right has been asleep for so long, kind of just going along oh, yeah. to get along, living the American dream or whatever the fuck they're trying to do. And the left yeah. has been doing their long march through the institutions for years and years and years, decades and decades. And now here we are. The right wakes up finally we do Jan do january 6th but it doesn't matter because it's it's been so i mean the swamp is so deep the roots are so entrenched in this mud but um i, I want to but the thing is bro but really quick the thing is about this whole deeply rooted luciferian satanic system is that it has root rot 
because it's corrupt it has root rot and it's dying from the inside and the tree is just going to fall over one day because yeah. it cannot stand for long yeah, no, yeah. That, that i, I want to bridge the gap I, once again oh, with this idea of that it will ultimately devolve i think to bridge the gap you can kind of understand this from a theory perspective of you know one side the low frequency shit is like author authoritarian like top down like coercion type you know mentality and then you have the flip side which is like freedom good like you know liberty uh you know uh, i don't uh, you know more of a you know decentralized thing and so to look at it as like oh the, all of these societies are going to devolve i think yes if you if you're trying to look at it just from a uh you know um from a if, i guess the word it's almost like myopic in a sense like if like for example reads in new hampshire and like he's essential in a certain sense and this bridging the gap you know metaphor i'm making here it's like you take all these people who don't believe like are against this malachian shit and group up in this other area and they build up their power elsewhere like yes yeah, some places will fall but out of the darkness you know, you know that rises in other places something beautiful so yep. like it is like this ongoing cycle and this idea that like th this thing is acts as a whole it's a uniform thing is is a, is kind of looking at it the wrong way yes the united states if you're looking at it i mean the whole i mean shit just in that those two words the united states the whole idea is like by their theories it's supposed to be however many different states at the given time you know operating separately but you know together as well uh i mean it really in a sense like you know they're they're separate entities so yes the united states as a whole in that sense might fall but not really it's like it's so that's where we get ideas like secession shit like that where things can you can kind of break off in your own little areas and start learning to do your own things because when there's evil in one area it just allows for you know uh you know beauty and goodness to thrive in others well and that's yeah. where the, we get into this notion of universal balance and so that is what the god creator whatever is always keeping is that universal balance okay the yang, so if yeah. there if there is great evil, there is also great good, all mm -hmm. right? And this is a part of the just the basics, the physics of reality is that- you look like thermo thermodynamics almost, like if you're gonna yes, have like, yes. it's so, like, it, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, in, we're up, the, the human society is embedded into the very fabric of space, time and the dimensions. And I'll give you an example so and and this will kind of answer shane's question sorry top i didn't mean to cut you off but look at it like this okay during the 1950s there was the 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 um fashion was high and tight haircuts leather jackets tight jeans leave it to beaver you know the the drugs of choice were things like housewives were taking meth because they were getting prescribed by their doctors you know people were drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes etc right the music was very uptight and very proper maybe elvis and a few others were kind of breaking that but mostly it was uptight proper then you get into the 60s, right? And what is it? It's bell-bottom jeans, it's long hair, it's weed, it's mushrooms, it's acid, it's rock and roll music. It's uh, a whole other level of, um, of cultural dynamics. And then you get into the 70s and you get what? You get disco and you get cocaine, you get MDMA, you get roller skating, you get high and tight haircuts, tight fitting clothes, etc. Now, what does this have to do with nature? Well, there are anywhere from eight to 12 year solar cycles for solar minimums and solar maximums, where the sun's electromagnetic field is really tight around the sun. And then there's times where the sun's electromagnetic field is really loose around the sun. 
And so these cycles of solar activity and electromagnetic activity affect our fashion. They affect our drug choice. They affect our choice in music. They affect everything because we are interconnected to this whole interdimensional, um, internested electromagnetic field honeycomb of creation. And so as things ebb and flow, what we're going to see is the pendulum swing one way and then the other and then one way and then the other. So, yes, it may get to a point where, yeah, the, the bad side takes over and then it comes back over and it's the good side. And then there's this ebb and flow. It's like the breath of God. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Personally, I see the future, my prediction, like how I see this going, is I think we will see going forward, we will see particularly likely in the cities and especially cities in like blue states and stuff, I do think we're going to see like, you know, technocratic, like evil fucking like, um, you know, essentially degeneracy incarnate, like, you know, uh, in you know, intense evil energy essentially being concentrated to a great degree. But with that, I think that allows for other areas, you know, particularly more like rural areas, country areas, maybe somewhat red states. Although I say red and blue, though, like I can flux because that's, you know, the whole left, right uh, in the divides a little bit broken depending on how you look at it. But either way, you kind of get the, the general idea of getting at it. And I, th I think that's and it's going to be this idea, like, uh, it's like in the uh, Klaus Schwab thing, is like, you'll have nothing and you'll be happy, uh, or whatever. And I think that's going to be true. But in that same article, I on the flip side, they talk about how there'll be these, like, almost these brutes, these savages, or however they described them, that in other areas are living in, like, essentially in the, you know, maybe not squalor way to put it, but they're almost like a you know, inferior to us, because look at our, our high technology and all these amenities and uh, all these programs that we have provided by the government or whatever, when in reality, it's like we're more free, like maybe you might have a harder lifestyle in certain senses, maybe you may have to work more, maybe you may have to, you know, not have as many cushy amenities or whatever, but in a certain sense, it's almost more of a wholesome lifestyle, and I, I think that that's, I think what we're going to see going forward. I'm gonna, I want to give Reed a second, because uh, uh, there were some things he wanted to touch on we'll bring it back down to brace reality for a little bit yeah, let put, him a go. In, put a pin in the human sacrifice i'm going to tell you i'll tell you about that shane go ahead reed tell us about new yeah. hampshire tell us about the hooker you just buried <laughs> the fuck's going on? Yeah, those, days, those days are behind me i'm not trying to anymore um, sorry i haven't commented much i, I feel like I, I should only comment if i have something to say and uh, i didn't have much to say about all that so that's why i didn't say anything but uh jake I just want to let you know why you're a hero to me. I don't even know much about you. I I learned more about Clearly. you on the podcast <laughs> than I knew before. But your your outfit and your face paint is like the most iconic image anybody thinks of when they think of January 6th. And what Top was talking about a few minutes ago is what's so funny to me, um, the idea that he said the right finally uh, struck back or whatever. I didn't even look at it as the right necessarily striking back. It was just this great moment where we saw how transparently evil everything is. Because what's so funny about you is you're in a buffalo costume with face paint and you're obviously completely harmless. And Congress is like the most evil entity on the planet. They had been locking everybody down and stealing all their money, sending it overseas, just doing all this horrible stuff. And they continue to do it. Um, they kill the most people on the planet uh, worldwide every year. And then when you and some other guys like basically get let into the halls of Congress and you take pictures 
in people's chairs and in the Senate wing. It's the worst act of terrorism we've seen since 9-11. And it's just so funny to me um, seeing that response. And that, to me, is what's so great about January 6th, is just showing the hypocrisy of the great evil that exists in our government. When something as harmless as what you guys did happens, that is just looked at with so much hatred and so much, uh, you, you know, so much judgment. And that's what I love about it. So I just wanted to yeah, say and I, I do want to say to some extent that is kind of making the point I was sort of getting at is like there are ways to describe essentially what you're saying, depending. I mean, you may not use these words. You may use express it in a different way. But Jake essentially pulled the magic spell on you. Like that is the end of the rest of the world by doing what he did, dressing in the way that he did. He left this strong of an impression on you. And in some senses, I think that's kind of what a lot of people may be describing, depending on diff different types of magic. I've kind of delved a little bit in what people are talking about when they talk about those type of things. And there's something to that. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's yes, exactly to that extent to where he, he loves this idea. And, and Reed's even like kind of like me in the sense where like, I don't know, we're not like, I do love listening to this kind of stuff, but you know, like when it comes to ley lines, stuff like that i'm not like i don't know it's fun to listen to but it's, i don't necessarily buy all of it but sometimes i try to understand it and i find it you can kind of bridge the gap between these two type of understandings a lot of times it almost blurs the lines and you just realize a lot of times we're just using different words to describe the same thing yeah well, i think absolutely. i think uh, and to that read i just want to say thank you um and this is the apocalypse, gentlemen. Apocalypse just means reveal, lift the veil, um, expose what is hidden or what or during a time of mass deception. So we are in the apocalypse. And it's not that the world is getting worse or that our country is getting worse. It's been this bad. What's mm -hmm. happening is that it's becoming more and more obvious. This truth of right. corruption, this truth of criminals being in charge, this truth of a new world order, one world government attempting to be established, basically global dominance, is becoming so obvious at this point that it's undeniable. And the only people that are refusing to see it are the indoctrinated fools that will believe authority anyway. These are the same people that are going to worship the golden calf. You know what I'm saying? So now to this idea of this idea of a magic spell being broken. So in Hiyoka shamanism, the Hiyoka is like the highest form of shamanism. And what the Hiyoka will do is dress in elaborate ways or do things that are strange to the cultural programming of the tribe. And the Hiyoka does this to basically break up the neuro-linguistic programming, to shatter the cultural paradigms. And Culture then jamming. Plant and yeah, and then plant seeds of the truth in people's minds and in a sense break the magic spell over people's minds and allow them to see the world the way that the Hioka shaman sees it. And in large part, I mean, you said it, not me, Reed. Uh, you said it, not me, Jose. That's kind of what happened. Yeah, that's what that's that Yo, was your intention. That's awesome. The Hiokas are, are really interesting. Some of them, I think, will walk backwards, right? When everyone's walking forwards. But uh, yep. I was thinking to go back to, to January 6th real quick. I was thinking today, I was wondering, Jake, what you thought when you heard Joe Biden say that he once broke into the Capitol and sat in the chair. <laughs> Do you remember you that? Know, Did you hear that? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, I try not to get outraged. You see, and this is part of the reason why the Mockingbird, Operation Mockingbird Media fuels outrage because it keeps us in this lower level of thought and emotion and we're all fighting each other over the talking points that with the cia handed us through their operation mockingbird <laughs> media 
So mm -hmm. for me, when I look at things like that, I don't get outraged. I laugh. Yeah. See, you know, that's, awesome. that's, that's, that's the, what they that's don't amazing. want. A quick, that's quick what the attitude we need. What we do every Wednesday, and we're going to be doing it every Sunday, we do a show called Tower Gang. And it's like, you know, a bunch of overtly political people. We all met through libertarian politics, but we come together and we do this like comedy show. I guess we can call it comedy now. Comedians think we're fucking funny. And we make a mockery of everything. We talk about the worst shit. And I love doing it because it really, it, it cuts that line of like, instead of being out, I used to go on Twitter and be outraged and, and want to debate. Let's debate. You know, I'm going to call you this word or that word. It's like, it's so much better to just kill you with humor. It cuts right through the human psyche. People immediately mm -hmm. get it. And it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not vibrating on your level anymore. I'm not like, you're not going to bring Yo. me down and drag me into an argument. I'm going to call you gay and we're going to move on. I'll drop a Pepe meme on your Yo. head or something. And <laughs> Tower gang, Tower gang are basically Hayokas. If, if <laughs> we're about, walking like, backwards. And you, and you go, and you go, funny look, you go look at Hayokas, you are that. Yeah, to bridge the gap once again, you know, describing magic or or you could call it uh, culture jamming or whatever you call it. It's the same thing that like Alex Stein did with like, say, for example, with the fucking uh, the AOC juicy booty like Latina shit. And like, just think about how that broke people mind. It's clearly harmless joke goofing off. She clearly was being ridiculous. Yeah, know, yeah right. that as well. And but then it has this effect and it has this effect on both sides on the lower frequency. It, it breaks people's minds. They go, oh, my God, how dare you? Why would you do this? Oh, my God. And on the other people they like they get it. They're like. Oh, we're just goofing we're having fun who cares she's she a does, fucking literal evil a, person she got she fat has ass. A very she's got a very nice butt i'm just gonna say it she's got a nice you heard butt. it here first she's a very pretty woman in my opinion yeah. but she's yeah. filled with all sorts of really bad ideas so she's bad ideas wrapped in a pretty package handed to the public because that's what sells you see, mm. and this is the yeah. demo. This is their strategy. And dude, they were trying to make Tulsi Gabbard that person, but then Tulsi Gabbard basically gave him the finger and said, "No, I'm not going to play that game. I don't agree with you." And then what did they do? They shoved her to the side, and then they brought in AOC. And you know who else? Um, 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 uh, Elon Omar. She's really pretty too, but she's fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And she's got all yep. these uh, all these people, you know, believing that we need to abolish the police and, you know, that America's evil. And it's like, well, then why did you come here, woman? Why the fuck did you come here? If yep. it's evil and if it's so bad, then why don't you go back? Because, look, yep. there's a reason people came here for uh, from all over the world. And it's because this is and will always be the freest nation on the planet. And speaking to this, I just want to say this really quick. Our rights come from God, okay? They do not come from the state. And because they are unalienable, God-given rights, they cannot be taken from us. They can only be surrendered by us. And that's why they have this massive propaganda campaign, these psychological warfare techniques where they're just filling people's minds and, and filling people's hearts with fear so that they will willingly surrender their God-given rights and so the government doesn't have to take them. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Get out there and practice your free speech. Get out there and practice your right to peacefully assemble. Get out there and bring and tote your fucking gun around. Practice your Second Amendment right. And guess what? I guarantee you a lot of these mass shootings will go the fuck down. I guess I guarantee you that if any of these mass shooters believe that there might be a gun somewhere in that crowd, 
they ain't gonna do shit. I also think you got to reveal the magic of the lower frequency. You have to reveal what they're doing, uh, and and then that's when they see through. And in another way, you know, you can get the magic. I think it's just once people realize the methodology of the evil, you know, that rules above us. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Like, uh, you know, people always look for, you know, justice in the sense of like, oh, we need someone to go to jail or this or that. Really, in most cases, the most justice you're ever going to get is the fact that it will damage their reputation. And once you get more people to see through that, see what's happening, no, that magic spell no longer holds any effect and it slowly weakens. It's like if I literally told you how someone did some magic trick and told you the exact thing and you, you, you to a whole crowd of people, you know, they may not get that round of applause at the end after they did it because you go, oh, I, I know you just pulled that and whatever like and so the, these these things like uh you know like the okc bombing or like the the governor whitner thing or, or j6 they lose their effect i mean obviously the people still residing in those low frequency areas that still have their effect but to some extent we're not as concerned with them we're more concerned with people you know in the higher frequencies or in the or in the kind of like in the middle to kind of sway them one way or the other uh, and I guess to some extent the low, because it may, you know, kind of budge them a little bit higher along the frequency to some extent by kind of like shocking their system to kind of bring it back to the other point. Kind of like when you're in that spot, you know, when you're tripping and you're in this area of like this bad setting or kind of around degeneracy and you're kind of in there battling with it. That battle is kind of an internal battle going on that you're fighting with yourself. Like, you know, do I want to submit to this 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 this, this vibe, this feeling that, that I'm around right now or do I want to fight it? And you fight it and then the people describe it as being a bad thing like no you're kind of working your muscles to some extent it's it's interesting how like even though you know it seems like we're powerless against the state i still feel like they have to follow these like uh these laws of engagement these rules of engagement where i call it just vampire shit where like like you were saying it would with mostly anything if they're gonna say hey we're gonna do this and people just say nah i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna invite you in no mm -hmm. and then they go fuck, I got to go back and regroup. And then they go and regroup and say, we're going to do this. And if you just keep saying, no, I'm not going to invite you in, they can't really do anything. How many yeah, times like to the they... Whitmer, the Whitmer thing. Think about what it did that was. So many yes. people saw through that, and and like, and, and to this no, day, I, I, yeah, to this day, there's still like people that are trying so hard to push that. Like Jeff, I just watched a thing with Jeffrey Tubin where he like tied the OKC bombing into Michigan to this to that, and like literally like all of like almost all of them except for maybe like one or two were stuff. And like, oh yeah, that one had Fed involvement, that one had Fed involvement, that one had Fed involvement, and you're still trying to string this case together, and it's like. Yeah, like it, once you start getting to the point where you're like, I don't buy that, I don't buy that, I don't buy that, then it's like they, they aren't able to just like throw all these things at you and be like, and you're like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. Like, no, I that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, that's bullshit. That case ain't going to work here. And I think there's something to that. Like they're still clinging on to these, these things, these weak things to try to, you know, work their magic essentially. And yeah, it's, 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 it's losing magic. its effect. Yeah. yeah. It's black magic. So black magic is based on the idea of fear and creating illusions. So you create an illusion in somebody's mind and then you use that illusion to encase them in the reality that you created for them. Then they become your puppet. 
you see, because of that fear. That, and then you are in charge of that black magic spell. You're in charge of that illusion, so you control them, right? Yeah. Now, this speaks to this idea of something called full-spectrum dominance, okay? So full-spectrum dominance is a military term, and it means control of, number one, the mind psychological warfare, having control over the mind of the population. And then from there, you're able to control the land, the seas, the air and the airspace, the subterranean, deep underground military bases, the space as in satellites and stuff like that, the chemical and biological agents, the, um, the technology and the computers and the cell phones, the cell phone towers, et cetera, right? So all of these things create something called full spectrum dominance. And these, what I call less than one percenters, they call, people call them globalists. I call them less than one percenters because that keeps me in, in my mind of what they actually are. They're less than 1% of the population. These less than one percenters knew they could not play God or be God. So they decided to create a system in which they had full spectrum dominance that they could play God. They could create this illusion of entrapment or this illusion of being in a, like a spiritual prison of sorts, the illusion of debt, the illusion that we have to obey unjust laws. And speaking to what top was saying, Gandhi, bro, Martin Luther King, Jr. Nonviolent, non-cooperation. No, I'm not doing that. You and Gandhi said, True power is not about external force, but about having an indomitable will. Mm -hmm. Hey, That's Reed, so I know good. you got to bounce here soon. Do you have any more questions that you got to do? Uh, maybe Clint will join us after. I'm not sure the status of the uh, the the spaces, but I think we're going to keep rolling for at least another half hour after that because uh, this is uh, I'm digging it. Uh, you got anything you want? Any other questions or anything you want to add, Reed, at this point? Because you know, give you a little give a little time before you bounce. Yeah, sure, Jake. So what is uh? What is the biggest misconception people have about January 6th that you would like to correct? What, what is the biggest thing people get wrong about what was happening there or what the vibe that you felt there? What would you like to tell people that they're just missing about it? Well, I'll answer that question in twofold. Number one, I can't really um, get into my observations on that day you know i can't talk about the footage on tucker carlson i have a motion in the courts that's there to vacate my uh, conviction and my sentence so i can't get too much into the events of that day but the two points that i would like to make is this one on a personal level and second on a on a collective level so the collective level thing let's think about this there were over a million people in washington dc on that day over a million okay the government has thus far arrested around 1,000, 1,200 people for either trespassing or more severe infractions, right? That means that, and then the media is saying that it was a violent, deadly insurrection, right? That means that literally less than 1% of the people that were in Washington, D.C. to protest the election are being painted with the exact same brush because of the actions of less than 1% of the crowd. Okay, so the notion that it's a violent day or one of the worst days in history and everybody that was in D.C. on January 6th is a traitor or is a, is a wacko or a nut job is absolutely unfounded. It Reminds is me of COVID. fictional. Reminds oh, yeah, COVID. yeah. COVID, it's all a black magic spell, bro. It's an illusion created so they can create fear so that they can use that fear to make people their puppets. Okay. Now, regarding me personally, the media said 
that I was a failed actor, that mm -hmm. I was a, uh, that I called myself the Q shaman or the QAnon shaman. Neither of those things are true. I never acted a day in my life, never called myself the Q shaman or QAnon shaman. None of that's true. And then there was also floating around on the internet that I was a CIA asset, that I was a CIA actor, that I was a Fed, that I was BLM, or that I was Antifa. None of that is true either, okay? But this is the thing about disinformation. It spreads really fast. I once heard a saying, it said, what's so bad about the media? It's just the spreading of darkness at the speed of light. And that's pretty much what we have going on here, is that this darkness is attempting to spread all throughout the land at the speed of light based on illusions and fear. So yeah, I was at a BLM and Antifa protest, but I was there as a counter protester marching with the fucking cops. Okay. And I had a sign that said Q sent me. There was no, I was not, there was no ambiguity about it of why I was there. But what happened is that somebody took that picture. They cropped out the Q sent me sign. They cropped out the cops that were like standing right next to me. And they said he was at a BLM and Antifa rally. He's BLM. He's Antifa. And it's like, if these people would have done any bit of their own research, then they would see that none of that was true. The media, if they would have done their own research, if they would have read my book, One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion, they would have known everything they possibly could want to know about me or watch my videos on Rumble. They didn't do any of that. They created a straw man that they could point at instead of orange man bad, it's horned man bad, horned man bad. Horned man, crazy. You should not like horned man. You know what I'm saying? And then in the process, they used my image to create a shock and awe campaign that would frighten people and get people into shock about what happened on that day. And in the process, they created a divisive propaganda campaign where you have people on the right that are saying, oh, it was a mostly peaceful protest. And people on the left saying it's a violent insurrection. And then they're fighting each other over the talking points they see on the fucking TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love how we just dad. witnessed probably Shane's next piece right here. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, I told yeah. my dad I was oh, going to yeah. be on with you. <laughs> my dad almost fell down. He was like, which guy? And I showed him the picture. He was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because he's he's very much in yeah. that in that camp where it's like, you know, believe what they tell you. It's it's, yo, yo, it's a yo, sad yo, state of affairs. Yo, Shane, was I right or was I right? When I when I had him on, oh. I immediately was like, Shane, Shane, that's it. Yeah, these, yeah. Are, these are all my favorite topics. <laughs> these are all my favorite topics. It's funny because I was watching January 6th unfold in real time with my grandma. Who I, she's, she's passed since. She was 86 at the time. And she only had a diet of like Channel 4, Channel 2 news, right? And anytime I talked to her about those stuff, you know, not I didn't talk to her about ley lines, but I talked to her about just the nuances in politics, she would think I was an alien, right? So when she saw January 6th happen, as she's standing next to me, it's like we're two interdimensional beings watching the same thing, but interpreting it completely differently, right? Yeah. So like she would see something like like Jake in the, in the hat and stuff and think, oh, this is the most evil person ever. And I could sit her down and talk her through it, but it just wouldn't penetrate in her brain because she'd only watched the news a certain way her whole life. Right. And the TV was the authority of her reality. So she, it would be crazy if she was uh, seeing this right now. But it, but that but that moment, January 6th, was like the um, the big the big finale of what had been all these moments of um, these interdimensional things like I'm talking about, like COVID was like the riots were like George Floyd. Like we started to see the country really rally around two separate realities. And then it culminated 
with Jake in the Capitals and how people saw it. It's it's fucking Jake, nuts, me, dude. Let me ask yeah, you a question. Yeah, and you know what's really crazy? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. What? Could I just ask you a question real quick? I um, um, I, I thought it was weird in 2020 in the beginning of the summer. There were the anti-lockdown protests uh, happening in Michigan, and those people were deemed domestic terrorists by a lot of people. And then, like, a few weeks later, there were a lot of people protesting police brutality. And I remember thinking, these people should be on the same side. They're both upset about generally the same thing. And I'm not talking about the people who were looting Target and burning down tire stores or whatever. There were a lot of people who were legit, legitimately upset about police brutality and were legitimately upset about lockdowns and stuff. And I thought there should be some sort of binding um, moment that can bring these people together and realize that they're kind of protesting the same thing. And it didn't seem like that ever happened. January 6th seemed to blow that in the opposite direction. It just blew people apart, like you said, just caused more division. What do you think it would take for there to be a realization that both sides are fighting the same thing, I guess? Well, that's actually, I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought that up. So in all of my interviews, I try to, and I think I even said it in the last one with Jose, I try to talk about two things, okay? Number one is Tesla Tower technology, infinite, free, clean, wireless electricity, that this was discovered literally over a hundred years ago by Nikola Tesla. He tried to bring it to the people and international bankers that created the Federal Reserve got in the way, smeared him in the media, destroyed his work, destroyed his laboratories, and kicked him to the curb, okay? And the other thing I bring up is Dr. Rife, that's R-I-F-E, Royal Raymond Rife. And in the 1930s, he created a machine that could kill cancer cells, bacteria, um, viruses, parasites, fungi, you name it through energy, frequency, and vibration. So similar to how you can destroy a wine glass with sound and frequency, you can destroy a cancer cell or a virus with sound and frequency. Now, what do these two things have in common? They are mutual ground that Republican and Democrat voters can meet on and say, well, if there's a cure for cancer, and there are many, if there's a cure for cancer, then it should be released to the public in spite of the fact that it would have a negative effect on the pharmaceutical company's profits. Everybody can agree on that. Another thing everybody can agree on is if there is a infinite, free, clean, wireless energy source, then it should be released to the public. We should start using that instead of using this highly pollutive, highly destructive system that is making the rich much richer, making the environment much sicker and making the poor much poorer right? Everybody can agree on that. In spite of the fact that this, this Tesla tower technology will basically destroy the oil companies or the lithium miners or the wind turbines or the solar panel companies, natural gas companies profits. If we have this source of energy, we should be fucking using it. And these are things that everybody can agree on, but nobody's talking about. And you know why nobody's talking about it? Because one, they don't know about it. Two, because they're too scared to talk about it. Or three, because it's not on the TV. Hey, Jake, what's your thoughts on nuclear bombs? I've been fighting people. Re real quick, I, I want to let Reed. Uh, yeah, right. Reed's got to get out of here. Uh, do you got, any, you got anything you want to plug before you get out of here? I know you got to go to bed. You've been up since like four. So Yeah, nothing to plug, but uh, great talking to you, Jake. I would like to talk to you maybe one-on-one -on -one at some point. So uh, did I just hit, hit you up on Twitter or? 
Yeah, DM me on Twitter, American Shaman, at America Shaman, America Shaman on Twitter. All right, yes. well, thanks, guys. Jose, thanks for having me on. Uh, Pleasure Good to be you. out of retirement. Uh, sorry I didn't talk much, but um, I'll catch you guys <laughs> later. Love you, Reed. Love it's you, Reed. See you, Reed. Bye. All right, bye. All right, back yeah, to you, top. <laughs> I was gonna, so I've been I've been arguing with people about the nuclear nuclear bomb thing because I think it's a psyop to distract away from to to put fear in people's hearts about uh nuclear energy, and they kind of like dance around. I, I think it's fake. What do you, what do you think about this? So nuclear fusion or fission is a very real thing. Okay, um, it is a uh, a chain reaction that is set off by um, neutrons going off to other, um, other atoms and setting off a chain reaction where they destabilize the atomic core and then they release the energy within that atom. And then this, and then they release five more neutrons and they go off and they hit the core of the other atoms and they explode, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now nuclear energy is very, very dangerous and I do not advocate for it. In fact, I am in staunch opposition against it because nuclear radiation does not biodegrade for literally over a hundred thousand years and it's very very volatile it just takes a little bit of something going wrong and it's a cascade of ecocide and mass genocide for anybody in that area any life form in that area for literally hundreds of thousands of years and considering how fallible human beings are in uh, your your mic's off bro yeah, I just, yeah, sorry. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear, can you hear that, guys? I don't know what the no. fuck we're doing. No? <laughs> no. Okay, Is I he, hear you. You putting your dad on speaker or something? No, I am, I'm talking with the Krasensteins right now. Brian, hi, Brian. I've been talking to you for a while. Uh, thank you for putting me on, Josie. I've been, I've been trying to get you to fight me for the longest time. It's a boxing match. I weigh about 155 pounds right now. I've been cutting weight because you look like a wimp. Are you within range? Can we set this up? I can, I can cut another 30 pounds if I have to. All right, cool. I'll see you on, I'll see you in October. Thank you. Okay, guys, he said he'll fight me. Yeah. Holy shit. He said, That's fight amazing. Me. I got to cut another 30 pounds. He weighs 130 pounds. What a fucking twink. What a um, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I... I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. I've been I was trying to get in there for like an hour. I'm like, get me this question. <laughs> amazing. I love so it. yeah, nuclear, oh, nuclear so radiation <laughs> is, is really volatile. It's really bad. And considering that we have an infinite, free, clean, wireless form of electricity at our disposal, we should not be using anything else other than that. Lithium mining is just as bad, if not worse, for the environment than oil drilling. Oil drilling is really, really bad for the environment. We're literally moving, removing the lubricant between the tectonic plates. Okay. Um, uh, uh, solar panels have literally over 50 toxic chemicals that they are made out of that actually like come off of the solar panels and into the, the ground, into the soil and into the groundwater whenever it rains. 
All right. Um, wind turbines are literally killing birds by the millions all over the country. Natural gas. We just saw what happened with um, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and all that methane that made its way into the atmosphere when that pipeline was blown up. All of these things are easily sabotaged. They can easily go wrong. And the the costs, uh, if they go wrong, way outweigh the benefits for the amount of time that they go right. So, Jake, I, I know about the Tesla stuff. Um, has there been any examples in any culture anywhere that's tapped into the free energy and made it work? Yeah, the ancient Egyptians. <laughs> okay, so since, since then, though, has there been anything? Well, yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing about Tartaria. I'm not sure I buy it for one fucking second, to be honest. Oh, with really? You. I would have thought you were no. in Tartaria. No, I think that's a smear propaganda campaign to get anybody that's for free energy to believe, you know, it's like flat earth, just complete and utter horse really? manure. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I, that's you what think, I think. How, 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 how do the okay. dimensions layer yeah. on dimensions? Do they cover the round bowl or, I mean, it would make sense if they covered the flat earth, right? If they no, were like no, it's, it's what's layers. called a geodet. It's, it's called a geodesic sphere. And what it is, is it's it's a sphere that is comprised of a numerous different interconnected electromagnetic triangles. I actually have a uh, I have a post about it on my Twitter. It's been retweeted a number of times. If you go down there, you can see the physics of it and how it is that this works. Um, there's a lot of people that are trying to say, oh, well, you know, there's a double torus field around the earth. It's just this disc of land and water and there's an ice shield and there's still the electromagnetic field and there's the firmament. And I'm just like, OK, look, you know, no. OK, the, the, the three dimensions of reality are three dimensional. We're not sitting on a two dimensional disc. OK, what it is, is that, like I said, it's a geode geodesic sphere that is like comprised of these triangles and um it each of these electromagnetic triangles has like a they're the ley lines and they have vortexes of energy above it that channel energy to and through the earth's electromagnetic field all the way down to the core now the this is something i do believe the earth is actually kind of quote unquote hollow Okay, that there's other ecosystems below the crust. There's like oceans and stuff below the crust. And inside the earth, it is not like a molten core of nickel and stuff. It's actually like almost like um, a plasmic vortex that's so running so fast and so hot that it's almost like, I'm not saying it is, it's almost like a second sun. And it illuminates the inner core of the earth and allows these other ecosystems within this inner earth area to flourish. And, and this is very so, real. So what lives in the inner earth? Are you talking about like lizard people? King Kong, motherfucker. Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of theories about that. I don't know about lizard people. There's a lot of theories. You know, um, I've heard that there's literally like oceans, more oceans worth of water in that lower level below the oceans, below the crust than there is in these upper levels. Um, now, what's really interesting, and this is kind of getting into myth and, and legend, but um i think it was in russia or maybe somewhere else but um there were these two children that came up um from this subterranean civilization and they both had green skin and they were adopted by this tribe and it was a boy and a girl the little boy ended up dying because he couldn't take you know the environment but the little girl ended up surviving her skin ended up changing from green to like you know a, like a, a white color a light color 
And then when she finally learned the local language, she started talking to these people about this whole other world inside the earth where her and her brother came from after they explored a cave and came out of the cave. And there was like literally a whole other world down there with like sheep and goats and people and farming and all sorts of stuff. Now, what's really interesting is that if you look into this idea of underground civilizations, they're all over the planet. There was one in Turkey called, um, Oh my gosh, there's one in Turkey. What's the name of the city in Turkey? It's a subterranean city. I'll try to think of the name, but it could literally house like something like 20,000 people, including livestock and all sorts of stuff. And it's not hey, the only underground city in the world. Have you ever heard of the Huska Castle? Where I think it's, I just looked it up. Uh, fucking, it's in the Czech Republic. There's like some lore no. behind it. Yeah, so the Huska Castle is like a, I think the Nazis were actually investigating this, but it's a castle that's been built and it appears it's been built to like keep something in because inside there's like a, a huge hole. They put a prisoner down there. They said, like, if you, if you let us put you down there, we'll bring you back up. You'll be free instead of serving life in jail. They put him down there. The guy was just like screaming for like seven days and then died. So it's just like a hole to nowhere, which is it's it kind of maybe it ties into what you're talking oh. about this hollow earth thing but, but check that by out the way, i did yeah. i did i did want to throw in here real quick my uh my wife is i believe either i think it's like the great great or the great 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 like niece of uh admirable bird the guy who went to the i think it was the north or south pole, high jump yeah. Yeah. High yeah. Yeah. Operation, operation high, high jump, jump right Yep. Yes, yep. That's so like, her family literally lives on his land because when he came back from that, he got a big parcel of land for the family. And I guess there was something with like him and his brother kind of got the land together. And I think after he died, it ended up passing over to his brother or some shit. And the, his, her family lives in West Virginia, no Virginia. And they kind of live, uh, they, they're still living on that land and they were farmed. They farmed it for forever. And you know, a lot of them are still living on it and stuff. A lot of, Holy uh, so, yeah, shit. Yeah, wild shit. Weird stuff. My wife told me that was That's once. Like, crazy. Yeah. Oh, and That's the name crazy. of the city is the name of the city in Turkey is Derinkuyu. Hmm. Derinkuyu in Turkey. It's an underground city, had like agriculture, it had places for livestock, it could fit fit twenty thousand people. And and wow. the thing is is there's also legends of these massive underground tunnels that scale underneath the continents and connect the continents and that they were built by giants thousands of years ago. And now we're um, talking. Yeah. Yes. Well, and dude, the pyramid in Bosnia is bigger. <laughs> it dwarfs the pyramid in Giza. And they did like sonar of this shit. And apparently, according to the story, they said that when they went into this thing, that there were like massive stone chairs and stuff that were built for people that were like 15, 20 feet tall. All right. Yeah. Wow. And yep. if you go into that now, there's another legend where in the Grand Wait, Canyon, there's a guy when they when they train the military to fight in these like underground tunnel situations, they tell them to aim high. They don't explain why they just said aim high. Yeah. So now you always the stories of giants are like are typically it's always associated with like caves. It's, yeah. it's, it's always the, the story when it comes to giants. I was uh, I thought I figured we'd actually might touch a Nephilim, but then we kind of just riffed off the first point for an hour and a half. So finish your point. What, what you were saying before I cut you off. Well, the Grand Canyon, uh, there was a guy that was exploring the Grand Canyon by the last name of Kincaid for the Smithsonian. And he was floating on the uh, Colorado River when he saw what looked like steps going up to a hole or a cave in the side of the rock of the Grand Canyon. And he thought, that's weird. 
So he pulls his little boat over to the side and he climbs up the steps and he goes up to what he thought was a cave. And it turns out it wasn't a cave. It was actually a carved tunnel. There were chisel marks on the wall. So he goes into this thing for like a half a mile and then it opens up into this massive citadel with all these different hallways, right? All these different passageways. And so he goes down one of them and he finds like a bunch of bronze swords, plates, knives, you know, all sorts of like, you know, stuff like that, uh, like evidence of civilization. And there was also this massive uh, statue of what looked like Buddha, except he had like these lotus flowers in his hands with like saguaro cactus behind him, all made out of bronze and copper. Then he went into another tunnel. And when he went into that tunnel, what he found were these massive eight and 10 foot tall mummified giants. And then he came out and he basically went to the Arizona Gazette. You can look it up. The Arizona Gazette, I think it was in like 1909 or 1905, something like that. And he told him what happened. Of course, the Arizona Gazette published the story. And then a week later, they retracted it and said that it wasn't true. And it just so happens that these steps, oh, they got blown up. And oh, it just so happens that you're not allowed to go to that portion of the Grand Canyon anymore. That's illegal. That's trespassing. Oh, yeah, that's true. and here's yeah. another thing. Here's another thing. It just so happens that all of these mountains in the Grand Canyon that you're not allowed to go to, they have names like uh, Tower of Ra, Temple of Shiva, Temple of Set, <laughs> all sorts of these ancient Egyptian Jesus or ancient Christ. Hindu gods. And, mm -hmm. oh, dude, that's not even the kicker. When you look at some of these things, they look like they were ancient pyramids that were destroyed by water or something, which there was a flood in this area the several thousand years ago. And that's not even the kicker. This is the kicker. All of these mountains that are supposedly ancient monuments, they're all aligned in the same configuration as the pyramids in Giza as the Orion Nebula. Dude. This, actually, this is a good callback to the question that you had, Shane, where you said, uh, like, what's the deal with human sacrifice? How long has that been going on? What's so, the deal with human sacrifice? <laughs> is it a human or is it a sacrifice? So, there's a guy, uh, James Alberino. He's, uh, I guess he's an historian and he's, uh, he's into all this stuff. Very smart dude. But yeah. He's theorizing that... Um, like way back pre-Diluvian times where before God had to end end the world with a flood, things got out of control with the fallen angels, the son of man, the Nephilim that were enslaving the human race with technology beyond our capabilities, probably some of the UFO shit that we see now because that's kind of, that's probably like fallen angel technology. And uh, it was beyond repair. You know, God left, God left, he, he gave man domain of the earth and man traded it away for whatever kind of measly tools that they you know, that these fallen angels bartered with them to get their daughters. So um, the, the theory goes that these giants or the, the mothers would give birth to these, you know, giants, the Nephilim, they would need to be fed. And if you didn't have enough goats, they would just be feeding them people because they were that big. So he's theorizing that like, whenever you see this human sacrifice, it's like a call back to the, it, it, well, it is an appeasement of the gods, right? It's a, it's a sacrifice to some higher being, but it's like forgotten knowledge. Like, why do we even, why do they wear yarmulkes anymore? We don't even remember why, why are they cutting their foreskin off? I don't right. know. Somebody said something. Right. It's like, no, you were feeding humans to giants. And then like years and centuries down the line, you're still kind of doing this because 
tradition. You're not quite sure why. So, so you're saying they were making calamari it, rings out of foreskins? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> ADL, ADL still can't get my so, foreskin. It's been six weeks. It's me. funny that uh, the, what Jake was saying about the uh, – was the Phoenix Gazette and uh, and what you're Arizona saying about Gazette. the Giants. The Arizona Gazette and what Top's saying about the Giants also – uh, kind of ties into the beginning of the story I just published about Alex Jones, because when I was in his hometown, the people there uh, in like 1886, when the right before the town was actually founded, they were excavating and there was a report in their local paper that said they found a giant human skull. So there was one article about it in the uh, Rockwall success. The town is called Rockwall. And then the next week after that, they had another article saying uh, they found an underground lair that looked like it was for a giant with a giant axe handle and all this stuff. And then another week went by another article. They found some other things. Then the paper was sold and there was no updates um, about it. People say it's a prank. People say it was just ridiculous, like whatever. They don't know anything. However, in 1883 or so, right before the skull was found, they did find a wall running below rock wall, which is where it got its name. So there's a weird ancient wall that looks like it's pre-flood that's running below the whole county that's been excavated here and there. And on top of that, kind of like what Jake was saying about the mountains that you can't go to and all these, you know, in the, in the Grand Canyon, I believe it was, they filled in the entrance, the supposed entrance to the underground palace for the giant. It's kind of like the same story. And then on top of all that, other people were theorizing that the wall was that might have been built by people to keep out the cannibalistic giants, which ties in with what Top was saying. So, yes. Well, and now knows? here's another thing. Check this out. No, dude, because this goes deep. So, first of all, in the, some of the burial mounds back east to here in North America, they uh, excavated them and found giant bones. And supposedly these giant bones were the leaders uh, or some of them, not all of them were cannibals and not all of them were evil. Some of them were very benevolent and they were like leaders for some of these tribes, right? They went to, they, they went to like, war with each other. This was, this yes, is one yes, of the yes, yeah. they did because they were, because there were good ones and bad ones. Now here in Nevada, right? There's a story, an ancient Native American legend of these massive red-haired giants with six fingers, six toes, and two sets, uh, two rows of teeth, right? Massive red hair that were these cannibals that ate all the Native American people. And so the, all the tribes gathered together with the goal of killing these freaking things once and for all. So they found a cave where they lived and they went in and they smoked them out. They like you know, cut off the entry, the exit to the cave and they smoked them out. And all the giants that didn't die inside of the cave and that tried to get out, they tracked them down, killed them, and then put their bodies inside the cave and they sealed it up, right? Well, a couple hundred years later, 150 years later or so, the, you know, Europeans get out to that area and they decide to excavate the cave for bat guano. And so they're excavating the cave of all the bat guano that accumulated for a couple hundred years or whatever. And inside the bat guano, they find these massive bones, these giant bones, <laughs> right? Now, check this out. You can look into this. On the Solomon Islands in World War II, the Japanese were trying to take the Solomon Islands back from the United States, okay? And... The Japanese were refusing to go into the jungle. Now, we all know Japanese and their honor and their courage and how they are about all that, right? 
So the fact that they were unwilling to go into the jungle and fight was very out of their character. So the general of the Pacific area, uh, that the, the, the Solomon Islands, goes to the island and says, get in that jungle. I'm ordering you to get in the jungle. And all the men are like, no, not going in there. Well, why not? And they said, because we're being eaten alive at night by giants. Jesus Christ. Now, wow. now, wow. now, check this out. If you go to the Solomon Islands to this day, you can ask the locals, are there giants on your island? And they'll like point out in all directions and go, they're out there. And this is another story. On the same Solomon Island where all this was supposedly going on, they were trying uh, to create a road through the jungle. And they were using a massive bulldozer with like a 10,000 pound blade on it. And you had to have a machine to unhook the pins from the bulldozer, right? And uh, unhook the, the, um, the blade from the bulldozer. And so they excavate this area of the jungle the, and the workers decide to go to uh, lunch break. They leave and they come back. And all of a sudden, where the hell is the blade? Where the hell is the blade for the bulldozer? And so they look around, they look around and like a hundred yards away, it was not dragged. It was carried into the jungle over a hundred yards away after the pins, which needed a machine to take them out, had already been pulled. It had been picked up and moved a hundred yards away from the site where they were creating the road. Yeah. Now, I just had a, yeah. I just had a thought about what Todd brought up and what kind of Jake did as well is the, the idea that uh, there was a war at some point between these giants theoretically. And I, I just found that interesting because if you look at that in a certain way, like, you know, obviously, and there being good ones, there being bad ones, these things, you know, if they're, if they were above average height, let's even say they're just, you know, seven feet tall, or seven plus feet tall, they, and we're, assume they're as intelligent as us, or more intelligent, we would naturally, especially as in, if we were more primitive at the time, we would naturally look to these things as leaders, uh, at least yeah. the good ones, they would likely take on like a an esteemed role within our society. And now if you're, you're describing a war between them, this sounds literally just like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the story of Genesis in Genesis or where actually maybe it wasn't in Genesis. I forget. I think it was in Genesis where, you know, essentially the, 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 the fallen angels, the kind of, they broke off and essentially there was a war in heaven. Uh, like that, literally, and, you know, if that story was passed down, you know, throughout generations, I could 100% see how that would be, how it would be, in, you know, how they could have interpreted that. There was a war amongst the angels that, you know, maybe they did have some central leader they, you know, referred to as God, or they just assumed there was an entity that, that was, you know, more powerful than them, and they were their servants, because clearly they are something well, more than us in their there eyes. Was, so, they, you know? so there, there would have been a war between angels, between the fallen angels and the angels who are still chilling with God. And there also would have been a war, a war between the the son of these fallen, the sons of these fallen angels. Now just imagine it, like they're like superhuman. They're they're gonna be 15 feet tall, like not and not like like goofy. Like just like as proportional as proportional. And yeah, which is like smarter. if you understand how physics works, that means they're fucking huge. And and, and, and and from what I understand, they also had elongated skulls. So yeah. they had more brain activity. They had more brain capacity. Now, yeah. really quick, I wanted to mention this one last thing. Supposedly, there is an email from Hillary Clinton's emails that yes. was published on WikiLeaks where she's asking, number one, about the tomb of Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh was a giant in Sumeria that was so big he could hold a lion like it's a kitty cat in his arms. 
Okay. And she also about asked about the bodies of the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. Now this supposedly, them, right? this was supposedly the reason why we went into Iraq. Yeah, that's crazy. I just, sh I shared that on Twitter. Like maybe I share it every couple of weeks, but yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it also, it also so has something insane. else to do with the gold. There's also Saddam Hussein had a bunch of gold too. You know, um, and that's floating around on the internet as well as the massive stockpile of gold that he had. Um, so clearly we've been lied to. You know, I tell people, if you think fake news is a shocker, wait until you get a, a hold of fake history, fake religion and fake science. Wait until you see mm -hmm. fake pussy. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, love, I, I, love, I love the Giants thing because it is fun because it is something that you can understand, once again, bridging the gap from both sides. Because if you follow the Giant story back, it gets, it gets all the way back to the Sumerian shit about like planet Nibiru and shit like that and the idea that theoretically at some point these this race came from this other planet descended from the heavens which would give you this idea of there being something else other and I'm not saying I mean obviously two things can be true once if well, you, for those who are religious that, the they, that also goes, can be true that's how the story goes uh, I forget the name of the mountain that they landed that they landed on but when they were cast out of heaven they came down onto this mountain that it's in the book of in the book of Enoch that they talk about this so they yeah, came that, down in some yeah. kind of ship. Like, what is this? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. If you do a lot of research into the secret space program, I don't know how much you guys have done research into that and this testimony of whistleblowers and stuff like that. Supposedly, what they're saying is that this is remnants of an ancient race that came from another star system. They actually, the moon was like their base. And that's why we never see the dark side of the moon. That's why its proportions are the way that it is. That's why it's in this tidal lock position that there's no way that it could have come from the planet, like, you know, through a collision or anything that it, um, it was put in this tidal lock position, almost like to monitor earth. And it's like an ancient starship. And when you go up there, then apparently there's like these massive like domes that are made out of, uh, like a, a aluminum style high, um, like, uh, glass. And there's like a literally a civilization inside the moon and this idea that the moon is hollow. And then now this is even trippier. Okay. If you go to and look at Mars and what they call Cydonia on Mars, it's these what look like mountains. But when you actually look at them, they're pyramids and they're in a mathematically succinct pattern that creates what is called a Merkaba or basically a uh, three dimensional star of David Stargate type pattern. Okay. Now, it's also close to what they call the face of Mars. Now, there's also a radioactive isotope on Mars, floating around on Mars, that can only be created by an artificial nuclear explosion. And, and if all of that isn't enough, the moon of Mars is called Phobos. Phobos has a fucking mile-tall monolith, a mile-tall, like, like um, obelisk that is pointing mm -hmm. down at the planet near like and when it goes around it aligns with Cydonia. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So But Buzz Aldrin Buzz Aldrin talks about this on InfoWars from like 15 years ago. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But he doesn't so, say, he doesn't so, say it's man-made, but but yeah, he says it's there. Yes. Well, and then so there's this mathematical stuff with the pyramids and Cydonia with the face of Mars, the radioactive isotope, the 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 obelisk on Mars uh, moon Phobos. It's also in a tidal lock. It's also facing the, the planet all the time. It doesn't revolve. It doesn't spin. 
Okay. Then there is also the asteroid belt that is in between Mars and Jupiter. Okay. And supposedly this asteroid belt is the remnants of an ancient Earth-like planet that supposedly I hear it's called Tiamat. And this planet was like a massive Earth-sized planet where there were these massive giant beings living on the planet that were humanoid like us. And they and Mars and Earth were like its moons. And when the so, planet was going to be destroyed, they flocked to Mars and to Earth. And then when the planet blew up, Mars took massive amounts of hits, but somehow was able to survive. Earth was like blown a little bit out of the orbit. And then supposedly they destroyed Mars and then they migrated to the planet Earth and through this moon structure, this like space base thing. Now, even crazier... Is supposedly even crazier. <laughs> oh, I know, dude. I know. I'm just I'm just telling you what I've read. Even crazier, supposedly, there are moons that have been colonized all throughout our solar system. And there are like craters that are square craters, not just on the moon, on our moon, but on moons surrounding like Jupiter and Saturn and shit like that. And um, there's like heat signatures that are coming from this square that are completely unnatural. And it looks like a Death Star. It looks like the Death Star. It's not a crater. It's because it's fucking square. And um, according to the legend, what it is is that all of this, because they apparently they, they've had the technology to fly into outer space and go to these locations for a long time. I just look into the TR-3B and the fact that, that patent was published during Trump's presidency. Um, it was declassified. That's an anti-gravity. It's a triangular shaped vehicle. It's a triangle. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, Jake. Oh, everyone's going to accuse you of being Illuminati now. Jake, we're coming up on two hours. I got to put my eye in the fucking pyramid, bro. I gotta, Wait, I we're, we're, we're coming up on two hours here, and, and none of us have mentioned, what do you think about Trump? I just, I want to know now. What do you think about him after everything that's happened? Because you have a... This is a personal relationship, I'd assume, with this guy that you might not have even met. Well, still love the guy. I really sympathize for him, considering everything he's going through. The fact that they're still going after him, the fact they're still going after him, bro, that to me is indicative that he is not aligned with the globalists. He's not aligned with these less than one percenters. He's trying to save the country. Um, I don't agree with Operation Warp Speed. I don't agree with him even talking about the vaccine like it's a good thing or the greatest achievement in human history. I think that's rather silly. Um, but there's so many other things that he did that I agree with entirely. Um, for example, I mean, he could have declassified all of it, but he just declassified enough of the JFK autopsy to prove that he was shot by more than one bullet from more than one angle. So that mystery is now out the fucking window. We know that, I mean, all you have to do is watch the video to see. Um, he also about, declassified these three patents that I'm talking about. He did it with the Navy, Salvador Pius, um, a room temperature superconductor, a zero-point energy engine, that, and a, a TR-3B. That's a triangular-shaped craft I was telling you about that's like an anti-gravity inertia propulsion craft. And those the, are like the holy grail for all the conspiracy and UFO nuts. Jake, on, on a personal level, though, is there any was there any point during his presidency where he could have just outright pardoned you? Because from my perspective, you didn't do anything wrong. And most of the people in the Capitol that day didn't do anything wrong. There were some people that were breaking shit and 
you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the law, but people that were invited in and walked through, he should have, I mean, to, for me, and I obviously I wasn't there. I didn't serve any time or anything like that, but I'm pissed off at him the most for that. Forget about operation warp speed and his rhetoric and keeping Fauci around is like, these people, these are good people. So far I've, I've spoke with you and I feel like we're vibing on a cool level. I've met Adam Johnson, great guy. And it's like, these people went to jail and you could have just said like, you could have, I don't know, could you could have pardoned them and, and well, here's the this? thing about Why? that. He could have, he could have pardoned individuals or he could have done a pardon thing across the board for everybody that's charged for this will get a pardon. The reason why I, first of all, I understand why I didn't get mine. It's not his fault, right? Why should he bail me out of something that I, a choice I made? I'm a man. I'll fucking take my, uh, I'll take my licks. You know, I'll take my hits because I, that's the man I am. I don't, I didn't expect him to bail me out. Of course, I'm going to ask before he, he leaves the presidency. Of course, I'm going to ask. But um, the political, it would, it would be political suicide, number one. Number two, they were going to impeach him again. And they would have used that as fuel to say, you see, he sent them into the building and then he bailed them out of going to jail for it. Yeah, but they're going to okay. say this shit anyway. It's, it's going to big I dick energy that. your I way through that. it. Yeah. My, my point is, is that personally, don't, I sympathize and don't have a problem with him. Um, as far as I'm concerned, my choices were my own. And he should not be held accountable whatsoever for the choices that I made as a man. Okay. Do you that's, think, do you think he's still the best candidate still moving forward? With oh, what we uh, have right now? Uh, so far, you know, in all honesty, bro, like I could do a better fucking job than Joe Biden. Okay. Oh, like, yeah, a lot I'm, of I'm just, I know, but that's my point is that like, is yeah. that like anybody, you know, at this point, I think Trump is the best candidate. I don't like Ron DeSantis. Um, I used to like him a lot, but then mm -hmm. he stabbed Trump in the back. He told the people of Florida, he was, he wasn't going to run for president. He was going to stay their governor for four years. And then not even six to eight months later, he runs for president. So he stabbed the people of Florida in the back. Then he's literally dividing the Republican party, you know, between people for DeSantis versus for Trump during a time where we need to be united. And so mm -hmm. what is he doing that for? Who's funding him? I heard that he's got mm -hmm. some really big globalists funding his campaign. So is somebody whispering in his ear that he'll get power? I mean, he was a nobody congressman. And he's a career, po he's a career <laughs> politician. He's a right. career politician. And he hardly won uh, you know, yeah. the first election. Yeah, so it's like he can't, um, I don't think, I don't think that, yeah. that he's a viable candidate whatsoever. I think Trump all the way, you know, especially you think, considering you, they're going after him still. What I do think you he's think a viable candidate. Think, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think a lot of us agree on a lot of uh, points here, especially when it comes to like CIA and how evil they are, how much our, our whole world is poisoned. So like a lot, RFK Jr. says a lot of things I think we might like, but how do you feel about him? Well, RFK Jr. also wants to ban assault weapons, and he and he was back in the Green New Deal. Okay, yeah. he also said that people that don't believe in climate change should be locked up. I saw the video myself. So yeah. like. You know, but it takes balls to go after big pharma, you know, sure. and it takes balls to go out uh, against vaccines. But the thing yeah. is this, bro, I'm of the opinion we need to stop trusting the old men that got us into this fucking mess to somehow get us out and fix the right. problems they were they had a hand in creating. 
especially mm -hmm. people like Joe Biden, especially people like Mitch McConnell or Mitt Romney, especially people like um, uh, Lindsey Schumer, Graham, Nancy Schumer, Pelosi, Lindsey Graham, yeah. Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. These people are the antithesis of what we need. We need yeah. some real Americans that understand the roots of the problems, not just in one way, but in all of these different ways and yep. being able to articulate them in a way to the American public that not only makes sense, but inspires them to take action. Yep. Here's a question. How much do you think Donald Trump actually understands? Because in the libertarian circles, like if you ask a Dave Smith, who's like, you know, very smart guy and even like a Scott Horton, one of the smartest people we know, they speak about him like he's a buffoon, like he has his, you know, he has his, his head up his ass. He doesn't read any of the briefings. But when I look at him, it's almost like like a, a character that he puts on. Like like he he doesn't want you to really think that much of him. But I feel like he does understand a lot of this stuff. And not just that, like, a, what does Dave Smith say? He understands it at like a guttural level or like a instinctual level. I think he I think he really does understand this stuff like the gold standard, uh, some of the stuff that we've just been talking about here. What, what's your take on that? I think that Trump in many cases plays dumb. You know, like when he was asked about Q, I don't know anything. I don't know QAnon. I don't know. I don't know what QAnon is. Yes, you do, Mr. President. Yes, you do. I don't know. You know, and then she explains to him, you know, that, well, they believe that, you know, uh, the world is run by satanic pedophiles and you're somehow going to save people from that. And he's like, well, is that supposed to be a bad thing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, like, you know, he's smart. He's really fucking smart. Um, I hope and, and li would like to believe that he understands the interest intricacies of these things. Um He's also talking about giving people subsidies for having children. He's talking about freedom cities. He's talking about uh, the real root of the problem as the deep state is the bureaucracy. So these are the things that I have been saying for a long time. These are things that I've been like, I want to hear somebody say this, you know, and he's finally the only one thus far that I've seen that is saying these things that I think needed to be said a long time ago. I mean, Ron Paul, Ron Paul was one of the people saying, you know, you know, and the Fed, you know, and the Federal Reserve and look what they did to him. So I really think that Trump, because he, he doesn't need the globalists money, he doesn't need their money. So he, in my opinion, is the most viable candidate because he doesn't need the D.C. swamp to get him in office. He's just got to pick better people to work with, though, because he made some yeah. really poor choices. Yeah, Steve Bannon yes. was Steve Bannon when he got rid of him. That was like the death blow to his to his presidency, oh, yeah. in my opinion. It was, it was yeah, downhill from there. Well, but here's like the thing about Bannon, though. But here's the thing about Bannon, okay? And it's kind of the same thing that I think about a lot of these top, you know, level Republican conservative, not just talk shows, but speakers, is that they're raw rying. They're way too serious. They're way too, if you're not listening to this, then you should be. If you're not doing this, then you should be. This is, this all, it's all at stake. And, you know, and it's also part of the reason I have an issue with Alex Jones sometimes because he's screaming at people that the world's going to mm -hmm. end. And then he's offering them charcoal toothpaste and survival kits. Yeah, okay? but that's a call, that's a call to action. Yeah. Like Steve Bannon Well, I know, but, 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 but the point I'm making is that we don't need rah-rah. We don't need talking points that everybody no, we, else is saying. Okay? We don't. No, well, Me but, and you. But the, no, but the thing is, dude, the problem in this country is education. Okay? People aren't educated. 
and you cannot play to the uneducated mob and expect it to go well. Okay. You have to educate people. You have to explain the nuances and the intricacies, not just in a way that they will understand, but in a way that they can relay to somebody else. You see, that's the power that the Mockingbird media has. Okay. Let's say, for example, in 9-11, what did they do? Shocking images of the towers and the Pentagon and all that stuff. Images of Osama bin Laden, images of people with guns and fucking, uh, you know, Middle Eastern garb. Okay. And what did they do? They said 9-11. Osama bin Laden, Al-Qaeda terrorism. And they said that over and over and over and over and over again. They showed these images over and over and over and over again until everybody in the country was saying 9-11, Osama bin Laden, terrorism, Al-Qaeda. 9-11, Osama bin Laden, terrorism, Al-Qaeda. And, and it became the narrative. And then it got us over in a war for 20 fucking years in Afghanistan where they were growing poppy and bringing it over here, doping everybody up with the pharmaceutical companies and selling them the heroin on the black market, making a killing in two markets that these same assholes control. We went into Iraq and got a bunch of oil and stole a bunch of gold and got all the fucking remains from these giants and shit. If that's true, <laughs> if that's true. Okay. But the point I'm making is this. These people that are raw rawing are not educating their base. And if they were educating them, Einstein said it best. If you can't explain it simply, then you don't understand it fully. Okay. So these people who supposedly say that they understand things fully need to be explaining very simply to people what the issue is and what they can do about it. None of them are talking about Tesla tower technology. None of them are talking about Dr. Rife and his machine that's cure for cancer. None of them are talking about vitamin B17. None of them are talking about these very real crucial issues that could unite the country. Instead, they're playing this us versus them bullshit. When the, so, what's going to save this country is unity, not division. Jake, it's so funny you're saying that about saying things simply because it was just just earlier today I was thinking about how I've written or said things as clearly and simply as I possibly could, and if someone hates you, it, it still won't register in their brains. Like they'll yeah. just they'll just see what they if they don't hear what they want to hear, they'll just interpret it in their own way. So it's like I totally agree with you. But I think we're, I'm almost afraid we're past the point where like half these people in this other dimension that we're sharing a country with, we can't even explain to them anymore because there's they're, they're so far gone. Like, do you well, have but that's why? Well, but yeah, but see, those are the minds that we need to win. OK, I agree. And what I mean, by, how? what I mean, what I but here's how. OK. The Mockingbird media has created an environment of division and chaos. And they've done so by using talking points that counter each other on different networks, Fox News versus CNN, liberal versus Democrat. I mean, liberal versus conservative, Democrat versus Republican, butt heads, butt heads. Right. So, like I said before, everybody, Republican and Democrat voters alike can agree that if there's a cure for cancer and there are many, then it should be released to the public in spite of the fact that it'll destroy the pharmaceutical companies profits. OK, right. so think about it like this. If, for example, or, or here's a better example, you got all these environmentalist youngins that are going around talking about climate change, climate change, climate change, the earth is going to end in five years if we don't do something, right? Now, if you got a chance to talk to one of these people and you said, well, first of all, I agree, there is a very real environmental catastrophe. 
but I don't think it's climate. I don't think it's uh, carbon emissions. I think that it's anthropogenic chemicals, man-made chemicals that don't biodegrade for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. And because mm -hmm. they don't biodegrade, they bioaccumulate in the environment to toxic levels and they kill off all the microbiological life in the soil and in the water. And it is that microbiological life in the soil and the water that is responsible for all macrobiological life in the ecosystem, plants, fungi, animals, human beings, whales, sea otters, fucking uh, uh, plankton, you name it, fish. So if all that microbiological life is destroyed, then we won't have a planet. Now, did you know that Nikola Tesla came up with an infinite free clean wireless energy device over 100 years ago? And these very same corporations and the people that own them are the same ones that are keeping that technology hidden. And they're the same ones creating all these chemicals. Mm -hmm. So the idea is, is that you have to not argue with them based on the talking points they see on the TV, because then they will automatically have a response that they have been given to argue back. What you want to do is create a uh, neutral territory where you can agree together that this is the problem. This is the solution. And totally. guess what? We've all been lied to. Yep. I totally agree. And I, I've, I've had success in real life with like people I've, you know, who vehemently dis disagree with me on political stuff or whatever. If I remove labels or certain trigger words, see that, you know, certain people are going to hear it and go, Oh my God. Like if you remove those things and just go to the facts or, or you know, the, the things that you're talking about, we can come together and, and agree. But like, I, I stopped using words like woke or, or social justice warrior or any of these like major words in conversations, because the second people who disagree with you hear those, they'll put you and anything you say in a box and stop listening. So, you know, I think when people have these conversations, if they remove some of the labels, you know, it could make the conversation have, uh, you know, maybe more progress to it. Yeah. Uh, Listen, right, guys, oh, go ahead. I don't want to, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be rude, but I, I actually got to pop out. I got a little yeah, well, let's, let's, let's uh, go ahead and wrap. Yeah. We're past two hours. Yeah. This has been a blast. I'm getting yeah. tired though. I have shit too. <laughs> uh, this is, this has been, a, I, I knew this was going to be great. It was yep. dope. This is very uncharacteristic for my channel. I'm sure some of you watching are going to be like, what? Because this the is my show. Fuck? This is the top lobster show. But uh, <laughs> I, I dig it. it. It was fun. I, lo I love this, this sort awesome. of stuff. Top, and yeah. a lot of people give me shit all the time because I'm more of the like straight-laced, like, you know, true crime conspiracy kind of guy. And, but I, on, on, on the real, though, I listen to like tinfoil hat and shit. Like, it's, I, this is stuff I love. I just don't necessarily like I usually try to find ways to understand it in my own way this is the way yeah. I look at it. But uh, with that, let's go ahead and uh, go around the horn, kind of do, you know, who like uh, where people can find you. You're like what maybe stuff you're doing, stuff along those lines. Let me go first because I got to run top yep. lobster, top lobster dot com, merch engine dot com. You could buy merch and stuff like that from there. And tomorrow I will be on with Elijah Schaefer with Cole and Toad from Tower Gang. Uh, that's a slightly offensive, the name of his, yep. his show on YouTube. So come check us out. Shane, lovely talking to you again, man. You we got to hang out in real life one day. Jose, yeah, love I you. I love that. Love you too, Jake, man. you're my new brother, man. This was, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me for two hours. This has been, this has been great. But I got to run, and I'll, I'll catch you guys on Twitter, all right? All right. Peace. All right. Uh, Jake, what you got? Um, so on Twitter at America Shaman, that's America Shaman at America Shaman on Twitter. If you want to follow me there, um, all my interviews and all that stuff is, uh, published there. I also have a website forbidden truth Academy. 
that is ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com, ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. We have all sorts of free courses. We have a free podcast that you can listen to, Forbidden Truth Podcast. Um, we also have uh, merch. If you like, you can check out the merch. You can go to ForbiddenApparel.store, or you can just go to ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com to check out the merch there. But if you want to just go directly for the merch, it's ForbiddenApparel.store. That's ForbiddenApparel.store. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of goodies on there. Most of it's free. I'm not really into making money on this. You can also check out my book, though. It's re really cheap. One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion by Jake. Evangeli. You can find it on Amazon. It's only $9.99. I don't make very much money on it at all. It's only 150 pages. And I promise you that is the book that these nefarious side of the deep state wish was, was never written. So check it out. Um, and that's all I got. Thanks for coming on again, man. This is fun. Uh, Shane. Yeah. Jose, thank you for having me back on, mm -hmm. man. I love Anytime. this show. Jake, total pleasure. I'm going to hit you up. We are definitely going to have to work on a story. Uh, I think we have a lot more to discuss. Uh, <laughs> uh, everyone can find me at Shane Cashman on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, ShaneCashman.com. All my recent stories over at TimCast.com are all there, and all my books are on ShaneCashman.com, so you can head over there. Thanks, yeah, look man. forward to another, uh, you know, uh, Eliza Blue level type, uh, uh, you know, size fucking art, uh, you know, fucking yeah. goddamn book. Three parter, you know? hundred thousand words. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, guys, awesome. this is the No Way Jose Show. Uh, YouTube, all major odd podcasts, Odyssey. Like I said, Rumble, Rumble, Rumble. Please go, uh, you know, check out my Rumble channel, No Way Jose. I tried to stream there, but I fucked up and I realized I didn't set up the live stream right halfway through. Oh, I think I know what I did wrong. I should be able to figure it out for the next time I do that. But definitely go check that out. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Twitter at Tower Gang Jose. I do want to give you guys something since, you know, kind of, this, I guess a little bit of a kind of, you know, get your dick a little hard. Uh, I have uh, coming up soon. I'm not going to give you any specifics whatsoever. I'll give you a little bit of a hint though. I have something, I, I mean, it's kind of in the works, so it's not, you know, set, but it's, it's uh, I got some big, 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 big shit that might be coming down the pipe here soon relating to, you know, the kind of stuff you guys know me for, the OKC bombing stuff. Last time, and I'm being hush-hush for a reason, uh, last time I, uh, talk, I, I was like this, I had Steven Vassar, who was a close friend of uh, Yiki. He also was a... a a, uh, also a fellow uh, John Doe 2 uh, you know, eyewitness, uh, and there was more to his story as, as well. You know, that was a big one, and that was the last time I was hush-hush like this, and this is even bigger. So, you know, just you know, I'm not saying who or what or anything, but just letting you guys know, might have something big, so keep an eye on the channel. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. Appreciate everyone who support, supports me and, you know, checks out the show. Uh, if you do want to support me monetarily, patreon.com is no way 2020. I mean, they kind of fucked me. I probably could have made a little bit of money today, but they demonetized me. So, uh, but whatever, I'm not begging for shekels. If you, if you find value in my work, support it. If you don't, don't, uh, you know, that's, that's on you. So if you feel like I bring value, I don't know, make that decision in your mind, but I appreciate everyone who came here. Uh, to watch today and appreciate you guys. It was a lot of fun. Like if you've only watched the show, this is not normally my content at all. It's very different. But I am in this weird spot where I feel like I do bridge the gap. Like I kind of brought up a multiple times. So this is, it was a fun one. Had a lot of fun. And with that, uh, we're out. Peace. <laughs>